Hello everybody, how are you doing? This is Michael and I am here with my lovely wife. Me. Called. Gemma. That's right. And we are here to talk about the episodes of Coronation Street between the 21st and 25th of December. No, not December. Almost Christmas, I was thinking in my head. Oh, September. It'd be Christmas it day. would be Christmas Day right now, but it's not. It's September. This is episode 437 of Conversation Street and we're going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie between... Episode 10,000, 10,121 and 10,126. That would be Ooh. a bad thing because it would skip out all of my favourite bits. You do, you, you are an autumn fan, Gemma. We've reached autumn this week, haven't we? <laughs> birthday season Canadian is here. Canadian Thanksgiving, my birthday, Halloween, American Thanksgiving, my friend's birthdays, I all know. three of them. Yeah, it, it is. It's full on this this season, isn't it? Two months be... of amazing fun. Right, of lovely leading orangey up leaves on the to trees. Christmas, which is also one of my favourite times of year. Oh, like mid-September to the end, like maybe January the, the 3rd. Oh, my favourite times of year. <laughs> it also means it's going to be, we're getting closer and closer and closer to Corrie's 60th anniversary, aren't we? Oh, we Just are. Just a couple of months away, that's right. There's so. no end oh, to the celebrations. make it to be good. Well, <laughs> I'm sure nobody's planning to make it bad. Oh, that's, that's okay, to check in. Okay. Right, Gemma, let's crack on with the quiz. We um, don't have pink book quiz anymore, sadly. We don't have pink book quiz, but Chris has sent us a Coronation Street a few like um, trivia questions we can't do them this week but we'll do them next week yes this week it's just me flying solo again taking all my notes from coronationstreet.fandom.com Coropedia these are things that happened between the 21st and the 25th (coughs) sorry September. We, we've both had little coughs this <coughs> week, haven't we? You, we? you might pick it up on the podcast, it's fine. We don't have... Well, we, assume, we don't have anything. We don't have anything bad. But Yeah. Mm. And even if we could, you cannot catch it from a podcast. Yes, it's fine. It which is something we are eternally grateful for. <laughs> okay, so the first thing. 21st of September, 1919. Deirdre says... 1919? 1919. Oh, good, 1919. <laughs> okay. 1919 wouldn't even be a year ending in a zero and a five, I know, would it? I know, I'm confused at your, your oh. mathematics. Okay, well, to be fair, I'm 101 quite, years ago. I'm quite shaky on maths. Deirdre sends a divorce letter to Ken, but how many times did the couple get married? I thought they just got married twice, surely. Yeah. Twice. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, I tell you what, when you when you act like the questions are stupid questions. No, it's not a stupid question. I just wonder whether mad. you were trying to catch me off guard. That was a good question. Twenty first of September, two thousand and fifteen. Where does Kathy take Roy for his birthday, which causes him to feel uncomfortable? <laughs> um, what? Black, oh, Blackpool. What are you I don't, it could have been anywhere. Could have been anywhere. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, Blackpool. Twenty second of September, nineteen ninety five. Who attempts to rape Raquel in Furman's? It's Leo Furman. Correct. The scoundrel. I know. What a cad. He totally was caddish. Twenty third of September, two thousand and five. Which band turn up in the Rovers and recognise Les Battersby as someone who attacked one of them at a gig? Status quo. Correct. What Guess happens starring. to Les? With what? After that. Um, what does status quo... Well, they end up playing at his wedding, but not for another 
month or so. Do you want to like know it immediately afterwards? Well, did Michael, the question is of what happened on the twenty third of September. Oh, did they like two thousand and five? I'm trying to think. Did they just punch him in the face? They beat him up. Yeah. I don't know where to keep okay, him. Yeah, I go on. Give me. I knew that there was violence involved. Mm-hmm. Violence followed by wedding playing. Oh, well, it's a story. Oh, that's why they had to play at his wedding, isn't it? Don't so spoil anything. 23rd of September 2010. What revelation did Gail force out of Natasha in front of Nick? That she... That she... We just talked about this recently, so I'm going to get this right. That she is not pregnant because why? she had an abortion. That she aborted Nick's baby. Yes. And that's not mm. a retcon because she then got pregnant a little bit afterwards. She... I'm, I'm really know. not sure about the dates on this. I'm really not sure about the dates. Sorry, just go with it, Al. Because during this time, she must have been able to seduce him, even though, and this is not a spoiler, later on that same week, she takes an overdose and ends up in the hospital. So unless Nick was very amorous because of all the tubes, I do not know when she got pregnant, but we won't. Get any, I'm sure they, we don't follow them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They probably go to the loo at some point. Yeah, and that's where they did it. <laughs> Sam's a loo baby. In those nice big disabled hospital toilets. Yeah. Right, 23rd you of September. you got a bar to cling on to. Don't even talk about it. 23rd of September 2015. Kyle kills Callum, who was attacking Sarah. Kylie kills Callum. Kylie kills Callum, who was attacking Sarah, but what did she use? And who did it belong to? She used a wrench, which I have held in my very own hands when we went to the curry prop department. The very wrench, and it's nice and um, nice and rubbery. Spongy. Yeah. Um, whose wrench was it? Come whose on. wrench was Come it? Come on. Come on. Is it obvious whose wrench it was? Who was... Who's still the, the, the culprit, according to everybody on Coronation oh, Street? Oh, of course. Um, him. What's his name? Oh, you what? sound like me Jason's now. Jason's dad. It is Jason's dad. What's his name? It begins with a T. What's his name? That's gone right out of my head. Might even have an O. You know, I'm not going to give it to you because you don't know. It's Tony. On the same night, who steals Callum's van and blows it up? Todd. And? Tony. Correct. Yeah. Which couple leave the street very briefly in a convertible? Oh, Andrew and Lloyd. So this was five years since the last live episode of Coronation Street is what you're trying to tell me. Why was this episode broadcast live? 60th anniversary of ITV. Well done! Yeah, that that could have been a a trick question. That could have been, I remember that. Right, this is the final question. 24th of September 1975. Why does Mavis rebel against Rita in the shop, causing Len to intervene... And take Mavis's side. Now, we definitely watched this episode. I don't remember this. Mavis rebelled against Rita. Rita. Yeah. She's like, oh, Rita, you're so mean. And we're just like, shut up, Mavis. That's what Rita says. I can't remember. I cannot remember going out to tell Rita was making her do more work because Uh. of her... Singing oh, yeah, yeah, of course. She wanted to go off and do more singing, didn't she? And she had uh, she enlisted Mavis to, to cover for her. Yep, and took advantage like, of poor Mavis. You have to give her more money. Yeah. Even though they were married at that time or dating, I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, you got nine out of 11. That's not bad. I'll take that. Very good score. Not bad, not bad this week. Okay, birthdays. 26th of September, Charlie DeMello, who Blimey. is in the show. 
Here's in the show right now. Shai DeMello, Imran, happy birthday. Katie Carmichael, who played Lucy Barlow. Not as Mother exciting. Of Simon. 27th of September, director Max Morg- Morgan Witz and Mikey North, who plays Gary Windass. When? Tomorrow 27th, as well. 27th, I said. Oh, 27th. 28th of September, director Chris Jury. 30th of September, Nicola Thorpe, who played Nicola Rubenstein, Rula Lensko, who played Claudia Colby, Ooh. Meg Johnson, who played Eunice G, and Barbara Knox, who played That is Rita a good Sutherland. day for Corey's birthday. Uh, you even know who Eunice G what, is now, don't you? Claudia and Rita. Amazing. And Eunice, you really like Eunice. Oh, for yeah, the brief, I did, actually. Brief bits we saw her. 1st of, September, uh, 1st of October, sorry. Keith Duffy, who played Kira McCarthy, and Elma Vaney, who was Amy Barlow. The this is Corey birthday gold. I know. Who, how many actresses do you think have played God, Amy I don't know where we're up to Barlow. at the moment. Eight? Yes. Is it? Oh, good. Well done. You don't get a mark for that, but I'm very pr- impressed. And 2nd of October, Gabrielle Day played Beauty Pearson. That was Albert Tatlock's oh, yeah. daughter. Oh, yeah, of course. Simon Gregson, who plays um, Steve McDonald. Scott Wright, who plays Sam Kingston. And Tom Hudson, who is Paul Clayton the second, and that takes us up to next week. Good week, good week. Charlie and Melly are in good company. Yeah, very good company. Um, and that's yeah, it, isn't it? That's that is it, it, isn't it? Well, that was good, good job. And by the way, can I just start off this podcast by saying as well, if you like Gemma's work on the birthdays and the quiz, you just wait until you hear this week's bonus podcast, which is a character <laughs> profile of Daniel Osborne, researched by my good lady wife here. Ah, uh, but the thing is about it is that I drag everything down, don't I, on what? this podcast? No, you... No, why do you say that? Because we, <laughs> I have to, I have to make an apology to the viewers and you, Michael, for being very mean. Yeah, apparently I'm too mean to you, and that's why we got a three out of five. We've got our a three out of five review on review iTunes from New Zealand. Do you want to, have you got it there? Do you want to read it out? Because this oh, person, do you want me to read this out? You read it out. Yeah, this person said that they stopped this. I'm I'm sad that we've got a three, but I don't think you're too mean to me. Well, you wouldn't know, would you? No. No, you, you can't you can't tell. Victims Pigalina of abuse. from Never New realized. Zealand says, Yasmin didn't realise. Gave us three out of five. She said, Coronation Street is my favourite show. Do a deep dive podcast is perfect for me. I don't listen anymore, though, as the lady comes across as quite mean to her husband. And it drives me crazy. It could be part of their shtick, but it derives from the con- content. Detracts, sorry. Detracts from the content. So, um... It's not a shtick. No, I am really just mean. I'm a horrible person. And if you don't like that, you probably shouldn't listen. So I agree. It's really nice to get a three out of five instead of like a one star. It is. It could have been worse. We don't... Yeah, we haven't got many... Is that our, we haven't had many threes, if, if, if any threes. I think be, we've but, had one, one star yeah. and one three star, but a lot of anonymous scores who, who have given us yeah. one star. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Obviously, we want people to give us fives, and maybe this might spur some other listeners on if you haven't given us a score on iTunes yet. Please go along and something pull our average back up again. For Charlie and Barbara's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Why not give us They'd love it if you gave us a five out of five, five. review. Um, it is a bit sad that fight. I have caused us to fall in our, our scores. I no, it's, it's my I fault for being too weak. <clears throat> I am obviously a terrible person. Um, but like I say, it's not an act. I really am this horrible. <laughs> I don't put stick. it on. I don't put it on. I'm like this when even we're not recording a podcast. So I can't, I don't know. Should I apologise? Yeah, probably. Sorry. Sorry, Pigalina from sorry New Zealand. T- sorry to me? No, 
I'm not surprised <laughs> you. Oh well, oh well, never mind. Anyway, I guess, I a, guess the main thing is that we should should we stop the podcast and get divorced or no one or the other or anyway this all, all came because I was saying well done to you because you very very kindly did the notes for oh, our character so profile this week didn't you because I'm I'm like snowed under with everything Listen, at the moment and Gemma said else. I will do the notes of the Daniel Osborne character profile so she's been a long time except for to criticise you and be mean to you that's not so that's, true I mean why shouldn't I do a bit of work every now and then? I am very grateful for it. It's a fantastic Is it because I kept profile. moaning at you for not mowing the hedge, which hasn't been mown? <laughs> Shush. Let's get on with street talk. Don't mow a hedge, you clip it. No, I know. Well, well go I, on then. I clip like, it. Show no, I don't me how it's it. done. Street talk time. <laughs> right, street talk this week, which was... Apparently the worst week of stories on Coronation Street that anyone has ever written. If you if you listen to some, some people, people some people online didn't really like Wednesday's episodes, did they? No. I I thought I watched them the first time and then I went online and everyone was going, I can't believe how terrible and I was like, Oh it was a bit silly. Okay. I'll watch it again. So I watched it again and I was like, oh. Something wrong with me then. Yeah, you watched it after I'd gone to bed, didn't you? Hmm. Just to check. I watched it on. I did watch it on Fast View. I have to admit, maybe that made it better. <laughs> Even more comedic to have everybody running around at a slightly faster. The speed. thing that annoyed me the most was the flower thing because it it was driving me mad. I thought. I mean, I, I agree. I think the flower thing was ridiculous on Wednesday uh, because but it was clearly it, fake flowers, oh yeah, and that so that's why that's what you nobody most knew what they were. The argument was, are they dog roses or are they cornflowers? And I was like, they're not, they're not, neither. They're neither of those things. They look like chrysanthemums, but they're blue and purple and they're clearly fake. And you can even see, if you look on the screen, you can see the underside of the leaves, which are made of plastic. And also, the stems were really long and he had them like wrapped up in something. And he said he, he picked them on the red wreck. Come on. You were distracted by Ke- uh, Tyrone's plastic flowers. And, and I was distracted by blue. Kevin's plastic apple all week. Yeah. Literally, every time they have a scene in that number 13 kitchen now, my eyes are just drawn to Kevin's plastic apple. <laughs> it needs to go. And they said... Too much of a distraction. The thing that gets me too is they said that they were bluebells. Tyrone said they were bluebells. Surely every even small child... In, in the country knows what a bluebell looks like. Tyrone had a very deprived upbringing. He was, and you know, Brian's probably so he didn't even go to school. That they were dog roses, but they're not, they didn't remotely look like dog roses. It's not like you can look at even a picture of a side-by-side of cornflowers and dog roses and say, I can see why you would start a feud over this. <laughs> I know. Well, Look up, everybody, if you're on your phone and you can at the moment, please type in artificial chrysanthemums and artificial cornflowers and tell me that that would have been a better thing to have an argument over which one they are. Well, let's let's pick up this discussion later on when we get to the story because I'm sure you've got a whole lot more to say about this one. Um, but no, the I thought... department is usually really good, but they dropped the ball on this one. Blame COVID. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't think this week was, was too bad. I wasn't as down on Wednesday as everybody else seemed to be. Um, but, I mean, the, the two A stories this week were... Um, not the most compelling, especially... Mm-hmm. Well, the, the first one I was more interested in. I still find... Oh, I've got a new storyline title, everybody, and I wish I'd come up with this two months ago because it still would have fit. No longer is it Tincognito because she's not dressing up as Sinead anymore. No. I'm now calling this storyline Prozzy Osborne. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's right. Fuzzy Oswald. You know, like Fuzzy Oswald. You can't say yeah. that. It's, it's not Sharon. right. Um, then we are going to have the Abby Dabby Doodah story, which was... Oh. But I, I'm just... I, I'm tired of it before I it even got really interested in it. It is really difficult to care about a love triangle It really, really is. couples that you genuinely don't care about whether they stay together or not. Yeah, and I, and I like Abby. And I actually thought Carla was all right to th- this week. And I, and I haven't in the past had a, a huge problem with Peter, but just all combined together, it was just, I found it, yeah, not in the slightest bit compelling, I have to say. It seemed very predictable and... Um, yeah, oh, it's just care. all misunderstandings well, and all. So, um, but I mean, if you like that, you okay. probably enjoyed this week. Mm. So there was that. Um, then we got the Toya Battersby storyline just a little bit on um, on Monday, and there was um, we'll bung in the bun stuff from tonight in a, in that episode in that you know, in that plot as well. We had a bit of the Todd Squad, we had a bit of the Michael story, and then we will leave the flowers till last. Uh, which of the I've got two storyline titles on the screen here, Gemma: Bloomin' Awful and Fool Bloom. Because fool, yeah, okay. Fool bloom because Brian was a fool. Which one do you want to call Brian it? Brian is such a dick. I don't mind bloom. That doesn't awful. make a pun. No, this is why I'm not in charge of right. puns. Right, you said you said mean. that you wanted to lead the Prozzy Osborne <laughs> discussion, didn't you? So I will hand over to you. I wash my hands of caring about Nikki at all. Well, it might be that she's gone. Huh? It felt I like that do... that was the last time we see her, I'm but I don't fr- know. I don't know what Coronation Street is trying to tell us here. Right, let's really let's see awkward. what happened first. Really, oh, okay, right. So on Monday, Kirk is hounding Daniel with some. Um, I thought he was. Is, what's he got to do with this? But Kirk, Kirk is. Oh linked yeah, because tangentially he, yeah, because, because he's he not married met up to with them the, in Dickie Gardens, and we're like, oh, are you prostitute. Oh yeah, it's also because okay. he's kind of he's not married to Beth, yeah. who is Bertie's aunt. Oh yeah. Right, Kirk. Yeah, I thought he was quite wise. He said, "Look, you're not you're not Richard Gere and Pretty Woman. Life's not like the movies. So, put your ideas up and get sling and yeah, kick her out because she's no good for you." It is sort of damning that we still haven't progressed really much further from how we write about prostitutes and sex workers in fiction from Pretty Woman, which was in the eighties. Like, oh, she's trapped in a situation. Oh, oh, oh really drives me crazy. So Daniel doesn't care what Kirk has to say, clearly, because he just spends the rest of the time pursuing Nikki. Adam says, why don't you just find a nice, wholesome primary school teacher or a librarian or something? Which I appreciated that line. Obviously, I am a primary school teacher. My mum was a librarian. We are both very ho- uh, wholesome. Yeah, but you didn't marry a primary school teacher or a librarian. You married a mean woman who's cruel to you. So <laughs> You married a primary school teacher and you, got, and you got a mother-in-law that was a librarian. I did, didn't How did I? that turn out for you? Fabulous. Nikki shows up to see Daniel and she's bought sandwiches and it's kind of sweet. And then she goes and says to him, you know what, I didn't always want to be a sex worker or, or a, what's, what's she call it, an escort. Um, actually, I want to work at my aunt's B&B in Livingston Anne's. It sounds it's a nice place. It's, it's an unattainable goal Having for recently her, visited. Isn't it? Well, she, she needs Apparently, money. Apparently, she can't possibly imagine such a... Um, an idyllic life. Yeah, £250 a pot multiple times a day just isn't enough to... To, to finance to, you know, such a lovely back goal. in the black. Yeah, so she says, thank you very much. Now I've started to dream again because of your help. Oh, I want to rip oh, everyone's thought, heads I thought off. that was quite sweet. I've said before, I'm slowly, slowly warming to Nikki. I, I wouldn't be sad no. if this was the last we saw of her, but... I just find her work a bit me. of a weird character who seems to... Well, the whole storyline is The storyline is weird. Odd. 
they try and make too many excuses that don't actually wash for what Nikki's up to. I'd much rather she said, look, Daniel, I'm choosing to do this because this is my decision. And now now you've complicated my life. I'm going to have to reassess what I'm doing. But it feels like they wanted to make her a strong character. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but she's trapped in the situation because, you know, real nice girls don't actually end up being escorts. So we've got to give her an excuse for why she's doing it. She's got she's got a sick mum. She's got a, a a kid that she's got to support, and she's also got a dream to work in a a B and B. All right, whatever. And people can do these things without being an escort, even if you don't have any qualifications at school. <laughs> well, Nick, uh, not long after dropping her guard to Daniel, she drops something else as well for him, doesn't she? Drops her kex. Yeah, she does. They um they end up she get he gets a freebie because I think he's got enough stamps now on his loyalty card. Daniel looks a bit guilty, but she seems quite happy about it. And um, they're going to St Anne's together. I think they said, said. They were, I thought that they were saying... I well, I don't know if they were really doing they that. They went off to the tram stop. They supposedly both have children to support, not that you ever see either of them. They go off to the tram stop. Da- Kirk sees Daniel wants a word with him. And um, he says, oh, Beth's been crying her eyes out because he wants to protect Bertie. And um, then for some reason, Daniel's like, yeah, Beth's got a point. And... Nikki's not at, Nikki actually comes out of the train uh, tram stop to hear Daniel saying you're right I'll never replace Sinead with some sex worker which is like what now what are you saying that for for the drama just so that she can walk in it's on so it as is the Corey way you like, should have known because inside that door it's just a it's yeah, just a little nook isn't it you can't there's nothing in there yeah it's so confusing honestly I find this so confusing because, like, one, I don't think Daniel knows what he wants either. Because one minute he's like, I support you, I support you. Sex work is work. Um, you, women can do what they want with their bodies. And the next minute he's like, yeah, but she's a sex worker and I don't want her to do, have creepy men touch her. And it's like, ooh, yeah. Why are you having a relationship with her then? Mm. Anyway, back home, Nikki is mad about overhearing what he said. And she completely decides to... Um, shut down and demands that he pay her £200 because she overheard what he said about her being just a sex worker. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean it. I'm not ashamed of... I'm not ashamed of you. But, you know, you probably don't go around telling everybody what you do, do you? Um, And, I, you know, I'm not going to go and introduce you to my dad or anything. And she's like, you're a hypocrite and a liar. Ooh. <sighs> oh, Nikki, you're such a bad character. <laughs> On Wednesday, Nikki's hounding, um, Dad was hounding, hounding Nikki on the phone, but she's not answering. He's trying to explain himself. I don't really know how he can do. Um, thousands of years of oppressing women led me to denounce you for selling your body when casual sex is fine for men, but not women. I'm not really sure how I can explain myself. Anyway, call me back when you get this. Those sandwiches were great. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, it's Daniel. <laughs> in comes in comes Adam who's risked his life oh yeah to this, buy, this to line buy didn't age well did it he's been queuing up for an hour to get a tiny pack of nappies for Bertie um, it kind of has aged a bit a bit better than you might think oh, yeah we're back on the hoarding again the pre-Brexit everybody's hoarding hoard, no everyone's hoarding for second lockdown also Brexit's looming also the North East is in lockdown. Blackpool's also joined the list. Oh, has it? I didn't know that. Yes. Local lockdown is is um being enacted in various parts of the country, mostly in the North and Midlands. So 
Um, so it's not a good time for Nikki and Daniel to go after Liv and St Anne's then? It's not a good time for people to be sleeping around willy-nilly even for cash. Because uh, you can you can catch it even if you're both wearing masks and <laughs> you're getting that close. Daniel tells him that he slept with Nikki and Daniel... I mean, Adam's probably not happy about it. Probably, no. No. Nikki comes over and says, you really hurt me yesterday, which means I must care about you. I'm really upset and I'm confused. Um, and he says again, look, yeah, I'm proud of what you're doing to support your mum and your, and your daughter. But, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not really proud of what you're doing i don't know well he just says i i he says I, i'm not going to go around telling everybody about it it's it's not not anyone else's business i i don't feel ready yet to say that um i don't understand how sex either of them think that they can pursue a relationship with each other if nikki is having dates with men for money i know it's is just it, not possible daniel's also worried that after the whole bethany debacle that everyone's just going to say, oh, yeah, oh, no, here he goes again. Well, he's, he's, they're not Which wrong. He, he clearly he's, is. He's got some kind of insight here, but he doesn't manage to quite stitch it all together. Instead of saying, perhaps I shouldn't do it, he's like, well, I won't tell anybody because they might get the wrong idea. <laughs> he wonders if she wants a relationship and she says, no, I don't, I don't think you could handle it. She's right. He says, quit and come and live with me. I can look after you and your family. <laughs> and she's like, what, you want my... You want, my family to move in with you bear in mind daniel that you also have a child she says no i, I don't need saving but she does because later she finds um he that, can't what? that was stupid like literally the last thing we see of her is going i don't need saving and the next minute to you see next her scene. she's she's falling out of a taxi helpful street crabs streetcar street driver crabs. <laughs> i said cabs just drops her off like here's a woman screaming in pain with a big uh, um, comedy ice pack on her head, blood going everywhere, literally going, ah, ah. Corner of Coronation Street, please. Okay, love, do you want near the kebab shop? Is that okay? <laughs> anyway, so she basically falls out of the, out of the, um, out of the cab, right in front of Daniel, and he calls the ambulance. I don't know why he doesn't... Why, the, first of all, the taxi driver doesn't drop her off at the medical centre and why he doesn't take her to the medical centre because she's obviously got a head injury that, sh- that needs to be sorted out pretty quickly. No, they, they're close, just down the road from it. I'm sure Dr Gaddis would stitch up. She seems like she could probably be a mod- mob doctor. <laughs> don't you think? Oh, in her spare time, she probably I does sh- stitch up gangsters. Yeah. I bet she... She's going to be she involved knows. in this Todd story. I was going to say, if you want to know where Todd is, I bet she's probably stitched I bet she has. Yeah. Uh, Nikki's mum is there at the hospital. This is quite interesting. Um, Daniel's sitting there and he's got Nikki's phone and it keeps ringing. And then she realises that he's got her phone. And she looks very distraught. And she's obviously a bit worn down, shall we say, politely. She... Um, she's the one that needs to be looked after, obviously. And she, um, at one point, brings out um, a pretty serious-looking inhaler. It's not sort of the standard asthma one, is it? It's no. a bit more fancy. And um, she's got a lung problem, which is the sort of thing that if I was a, if I was her daughter looking after her during a pandemic that affects your, your lungs, I would definitely spend my time socialising with people <laughs> to bring in money. Has she not heard of being a cam girl? This is just what I want to ask. 
She could do. She could do this all at home. Zoom calls are like on the up. She could do Zoom prostitution if she <laughs> wanted to, but she, no, she wants to go around and get beaten up by people. Can I just interject here and say that I thought the actress that played Nikki's mum was really good, and then I went online and saw that everybody hated her. Well, I saw a few people saying that she wasn't any good. Well, let's which just is weird remember. because <coughs> literally as soon as those scenes are on, I said to you. She's bloody great, that actress. And I don't know, apparently she'd been on Brookside or, or Emmerdale or both or something like that. I don't know. I, I didn't know who she was. But I thought she was really, really believable that some desperate mum who was worried that her daughter has gone back into prostitution has now, you know, got a head injury in hospital. But yeah, people were saying that she was, was rubbish. So I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me there. I thought she was fine. <coughs> um, she's upset. She knows Nikki's been on the game. She says that um, she tells us she works in a petrol station. It really seemed to me that they lived together. From the way she was talking about Nikki going out in the evenings, you wouldn't really know that unless you were living with somebody. She's, she's, Nikki's she's, certainly got some kind of job that's related to pumping, but oh, not that exact thing. <laughs> so she says, yeah, she's been beaten up before. She's been arrested. She told me that she gave it up. Um, and Daniel's like, oh, maybe it's my fault because I encourage her to, and I pay for it. And but not not for sex or anything. But actually, Daniel, you did because you had to give her two hundred quid earlier. Do you remember that? <laughs> um, I've just been paying her for her company. Nikki is then in the hospital bed. She wakes up. Daniel's there. Her mum's gone out. She reckons that she's gone out for a cigarette, which is exactly what you should be doing when you're. On yeah, your we last didn't legs. see mum again after this. I saw an interview with the actress um, already yesterday, and apparently she did only just come in for two scenes, and that's is it. That so it? don't expect that's weird. a return. I thought she'd be in it more. I know. Well, that's What's what I thought when I saw she then? came in, and she was a really decent actress. I said that she was on along uh, Toy Wilcox um, style goodness, Elaine, mm. and. Uh, I don't know. I well, don't anyway, know. She, uh, Nikki says, I don't want the police sticking their nose in. I've got to go. I was with a new client, but I just, I kept thinking about you and then I decided to change my mind. I didn't want to go through with it. Um, I tried to give him his money back, but he flipped out on me and beat me up. And Daniel t- offers to help her. So he goes to um, see Adam and, and says, Adam, I need your help. Well, first of all, he says... The reason Nikki got beaten up because you didn't give me money before. I don't understand. Yeah, Daniel, well, Daniel, Daniel wanted a raise so that he could... He, wanted, he didn't want a raise, sort, he wanted a... No, no, sorry, an advance on his money so that he could help Nikki out or, or pay for the... I can't remember if it was to pay the £200 she was demanding or just to basically make it so she didn't have to go off and... Anyway, know, anyway, blah, 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 he says. And then Jeff comes in saying, oh, you... Um, is is a... Uh, is in ran around I want to know what's going on with the trial and Adam's like well no he isn't and I can't help you anyway because I'm not anything to do with it but even if I was we're representing Yasmin not you so I'm not going to give you any information and Daniel then starts to get all up himself and get and have a go at Jeff for consorting with escorts and calling him grubby and things because of a grubby little cash machine or something well he calls they? them that later because Jeff comes back later and says oh, yeah. oh I've lost my I lost some money um no he doesn't he says I lost, I lost a, a white I need envelope. a white envelope it's not here I must have left it in the counter at the bank oh dear and then he's and then he goes to leave and Daniel says you're a grubby little cash machine women don't don't like you they just pretend they do for money you're disgusting and pathetic and Jeff sort of sneers at him and, and walks off looking for his money. And then we get the reveal that Daniel has actually got the money that he's stolen 
from Jeff and it is lots and lots of money in an Five thousand pounds we find out today. On Friday, Jeff comes back for the money and Adam says, No, it's not here, you're gonna have to go and Jeff says, You're just as useless as Daniel is and so Adam then realises that that Daniel knows that the money is missing, but he hasn't mentioned it, which is a bit weird. I liked how um, Jeff wanted to try and search for himself, but Adam wouldn't let him because he says there's really confidential documents here. And it's like, yeah, you just leave them all over the place. We know you've done it before, Adam and Daniel working. With, not Adam and Daniel, sorry, Adam and Imran and Todd always just like leave stuff leaving stuff want. around for people to find. So. You can't look in the bin because there's a pregnancy test on the top there. <laughs> and I'm not sure who it belongs to, but I'm sure as soon as the father comes along, he's going to find it. <laughs> Daniel goes to see Nikki and he's got balloons and he's also got the money and he gives it to Nikki and she goes, oh my God, how much money is this? And he says, it's £5,000. And she grabs it and puts it under her pillow and says, I can't take this. You've already <laughs> taken it. I think she says I can't take it first, but then it doesn't take a Well, very long. he says, it's for you to make a new life with Maisie in, in Lytham. And he, she says, oh, I can't accept it. And he insists. I just want to point out... If it's if it was only five grand that she needed and she gets two hundred fifty quid or whatever, a, a, a per client and yeah. she has more than one client a day and I see twenty bonks. I mean, if she sorted. wants to, if she's really working hard as she says she is, she's probably not taking days off. How much time does she really? Oh, it really drives me crazy. It's such an incomprehensible storyline. Add up. You really don't need to sleep your way to get five grand to go and work in a B&B. That's not, surely that's not how it works. If, if there was something else to this storyline, I'd find it a lot more believable. Like, if there was a pimp, or if there was somebody, if there was drugs involved, or somebody was like a, like a loan shark or something, she hasn't explained anything. There's just a, a, a kind of ephemeral need for money that has never been explained how much it is, what it's for, what the interest rates are, why she needs it so urgently, etc, etc. It's just an escort agency. She's making hundreds of pounds a go and somehow five grand fixes all of that. Maybe at one point there was going to be a pimp or something, but they've obviously got this reduced cast because of COVID. It doesn't work. Not there everything works. There was that one works. scene where Daniel tried to ring her up and she was in the hotel and it looked like there was something dodgy going yeah, on Yeah, I know. There. Not and everything I works had... when you have a script that you've written for a purpose and then you have to change it at a later date. It does not always work and you're just going to have to take the criticism on the chin here because this didn't, this does, the storyline doesn't work. It's, it's incomprehensible. Nikki sounds... If they're trying to make her feel feel sympathetic, they failed miserably. She just seems like a big chancer to me. Mm. A big scammy chancer, and she's not supposed to be. I'm sure she's not supposed to be. No, I think we are supposed to like her. I think she should just hang around the street, because... If, if that's all anyone else has to do if they want to get a job, not hanging around on the street corner, well, which is what she did. you ain't going to make did. five grand working in Roy's Rolls, are you? Just walk into the factory and say, any jobs going here? Yes, come and work in the office. Yeah. That's where everyone else works. We don't actually have anybody on the machines here, but... No, we don't make anything. No. Um, so she, she gets out of bed. She's going to leave. She says, thank you. You and Bertie deserve, deserve a chance of happiness. Let your family into your life or something. And then... That's the end of that. Then we see Jeff walking along the road. Adam and Daniel are watching and he sees Alia and he thinks that she's taken the money and he accuses her of, of stealing it. And she laughs at him and says, it's not even your money anyway, it's my grand's money and you can't even keep track of the money that you stole off her. She thinks it's great. She walks off laughing. Then she phones Yasmin up 
and Yasmin is being really super dramatic in this scene and sort of like shouting really quite theatrically about the fact that she's still in prison. Alia says, Jeff, Jeff accused me of stealing your money and I don't know what he's up to with it, but he's definitely up to something. And Yasmin says, don't get involved, leave him alone. Jeff's up to no good. You she just won't have to be able let to him. keep her nose out, will she? We all know. Adam comes into Daniel's flat and says, you know that you, I reckon it's you that took uh, Jeff's money. And Daniel's like, no, me, no. And that was that. I was waiting and really desperately hoping for the final scene, either of yesterday's episode or of today's episode to be the big reveal that Jeff was the person that hit Nikki or the, the, that beat up Nikki firm, on It's a very firm favourite fan theory that Nikki was with Jeff and that's why he had the money. Why did he have five grand to pay her though? That doesn't make sense. Also, if she was going to meet him for sex and he had the five grand... And she she would recognise the money in the envelope. Well, yeah, that's she what I said, thought. She said that she gave him, tried to give him the money back. Yeah, when when Daniel plonked the envelope of money on the um, on the bed in front of Nikki, and she like went, oh, I thought that was because she was thinking, I know that envelope from somewhere. But then they didn't go down that route. I, as I say, I was just waiting all the way through today's episode, particularly at the end, for it to be. Yes, it was those two together, but it didn't was quite go there. Doesn't add up because. Jeff wouldn't be paying her five grand. Well, maybe he has some very, very, very special requests. Um, yeah, but if she's getting five just... grand for special requests, then getting five grand for, for Daniel just giving her it for nothing. All she needed was one big score then. Why is she, hang- why is she wasting her time, 250 quid a go, <laughs> when she could do a special job for some old pervert man and be off? She probably doesn't really like Jeff. I, yeah, you're right. It didn't. The whole thing makes no sense. I did enjoy, and I'm glad when Jeff came into the story. It was a rare instance of storylines crossing over, and especially Jeff because we we'd been doing it a bit down on the week, um, and, and Wednesday's episode, as I said, wasn't the best. But then when Jeff walks into the lawyer's office in the middle of this Daniel storyline, it suddenly perked right back up for me, and the whole idea that he's going to be now involved in it. And that the Daniel storyline is going to be involved with, that that that's interesting to me, and I, I've said for a while that it's it can't be just a coincidence that there's two storylines involving escorts at the time. No, I know it's but a bit silly. I also thought that like I thought the reveal might be something like um, you know Jeff would have bloodied knuckles or something or. You know, I was just waiting for it. But it could be next week or, or that um, Nikki would walk out onto the street and see Jeff there and go, that's him. Because if she's staying there with Daniel and she's just living opposite number six, then their paths are bound to cross at some point. But it did feel like that was the last we've seen of Nikki in today's episode. It, it may well not be, but it felt like it was an end to me. So, I... but you're the, 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 the thing about where... The, the watch of money, how that would have been involved doesn't necessarily add up because Jeff's immediate reaction when he thinks he's lost it is, oh, I must have left it at the bank. Yeah, I said I said I thought he could be lying, but then when I watched it again, I was like, no, he, he wasn't talking to anybody but himself when he said he left it at the bank. Yeah, he was. So... I don't know. So that would mean... But he... That it couldn't have been for Nicky 
because he definitely because Nikki's story was that this bloke, whoever she was with, that, that attacked her, tried to offer her or paid her, and then she gave the money back. And Jeff wouldn't have said, "Oh, the money must be at the bank." If he would know where it, yeah, he'd know that it was at the hotel. Maybe well, no, he left well, it there. Well, no, but he'd also not need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but so, so I'm not. Comp- I don't understand. I don't understand. I. I've, <sighs> I'm also... Are you not intrigued about how Jeff is related to this? At not least? really. Doesn't that add I an think extra it's all a bit of, of a red herring, honestly. I don't think it is, but I think there's still... I still think there's, you know, there's a way to go with this. Well, OK. I think it could be uh, another bit of Jeff's undoing. Watch I, this space is all I say. Um, we had a good discussion on the Facebook group about um, Daniel's white knighting and how it is getting very tiresome really does feel as though he can only be in a relationship with somebody who is broken in some way that he needs to fix with his amazing I know it's like it's like what Carla was accusing <sighs> Peter of isn't it the, the hero complex oh it's so annoying because obviously Bethany was damaged from um like her the from abuse Nathan, that she yeah. went through with Nathan Sinead I don't really know I guess that um She'd been with Chesney, was rescuing her more. from being boring <laughs> and, and then now you've got Nikki and it's like he he, Daniel obviously ha- thinks quite highly of himself, but he also has this weird mix of like really high self confidence and low self esteem, where he like really thinks he's destined for great things, but he knows that he's not achieving anything. But by saving women from their horrible fates, he can kind of make himself feel better. Mm. And it kind of really annoys me that that Nikki's supposed to be, like I don't know, is she supposed to be empowered by her, what she does? I don't. I don't think she seems to be to me. Um, it really annoys me that she needed him to help her. It just seems like she just did not know what the hell she was doing, and anybody could have come and helped her by going, "Nikki, just get your money and go to the B and B. Stop I... fannying around and buying whatever you're buying that's that's stopping you from saving your money up. If you can get two hundred and fifty pounds." Per, per day. I know that she's probably given a cut to the escort service and if she is doing it legally through through the escort service, she's going to have to be paying taxes. She's not taking all of that home with her mm. and she's got to pay for the hotel, etc, etc. Just line them all up, do it all in one go and then bugger <laughs> off to... Well, sorry, but it's true. Like, what are you doing if you only needed five grand? Five um... grand is a lot of money, but not if you're getting £250 a pop. Quite literally. Uh, I, I just, it, it, I don't know what I was supposed to be thinking. What, what is Coronation Street, like I said, making us... What are we supposed to think? Are we supposed to be ashamed for thinking it's a bit grim? Or are we, are we supposed to be on Nikki's side and, and saying, oh, yeah, it's absolutely... I just, I'm just going to say this, OK? It's a woman's choice to do what she wants to do with her body. And I'm not, I'm not here to, like, moralise about prostitution or sex work or tell anybody anything what to think. But I, all I am going to say is that inevitably, when you try and tell a story about a sex worker, it never has a happy or empowering ending. There's never anything cheerful or feel good about it. it, it it's, it's like a, a tragic story because even if like she, if she's single and she doesn't have any dependents and she does what she wants, fine. But as soon as you start to involve other people in, in this, in this um, story, like parents, children, boyfriends, anyone, you start having tragedy upon tragedy and it impacts every, every relationship that you have in your life, if that's what they know what you're doing. Mm. 
You just I, can't have an empowering, happy, feel-good story about a sex worker. I don't know how Daniel... He, he unless was unless to stop. you're watching... What's that, what's that one with um, yeah, Ricky Gervais? <laughs> she seems fine with it. <laughs> yeah, Daniel was trying to get her to stop being a sex worker, but it seems almost that he, he, he's so desperate to you know, have a mate in her that if, even if she did carry on with it, he'd still be trying to hound her. And I, just, yeah, I don't know how anybody would... could do it, and I'm sure people do, do but I, how he could stay with her knowing that that's what she gets up it to. Really, it really doesn't track. It's you know maybe I'm maybe I'm being and especially as Daniel is, is, is very possessive. It don't, wouldn't work with Daniel. Let's just say it like that. Mm. And what does she see in Daniel? Because all she really knows of him Ka-ching. is just well, yeah. She knows that he's he's happy to spend money on her and that he he's a dreadful bore about his late wife and child. Look, if you're if you're going into this and you're saying it's a physical transaction. You know, you have sex with someone for money and that's the end of it. Actually, of all the clients that she has, Daniel is the most manipulative and um, greedy. Yeah, at least everyone else is clear about what they want. An emotional connection that she doesn't necessarily want to give him. And it's all it's done is complicated her life. And now it's, you know, led mm. to her really. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't Daniel's fault that she got hit, but... The, the circumstances that surrounded what happened was her turning a client down, which ended up with her getting hit. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's complicated her life so much. And he's manipulative as well, because there was that bit where he couldn't get hold of her, so he phoned up the agency and made an appointment for her to come round. And he, she said, you, you, you've done this to me now, and I can't turn the agency clients down. You've made me come here because you wanted to talk to me. How manipulative is that? It's yeah. It's it's not honestly. I think if you were if you were a sex worker, a the guys that just wanted to have sex with you half an hour, that's it. You go and leave, and that's the end of it. Were pro- probably the best ones of all. Not the ones that like want to have a relationship with you or want think to think your girlfriend and boyfriend. I remember watching a Louis Theroux documentary about a brothel in America, and the the prostitutes there or the sex workers there refused to kiss their clients on the mouth mm. because it. Yeah, forms I think I've heard too that much a of, a, of a bond between you. Yeah. And it makes the, the clients think that there is a bit more going on there than there actually is. Nikki made, Mickey made reference to that this week, didn't she? she? She said about having a stinky breath is good when you're a prostitute because then they don't oh, want to kiss you. It's just horrible. It's not nice. It, it, it just, yeah, it doesn't feel right for God. <laughs> It's really difficult. You, I mean, and it's, it's hard because I think, I think in some ways she is, she could is slash could be a nice person, Who? but Nikki. But she's been messed up by, you know, this job that she's had. I, I think in other circumstances, if she wasn't a prostitute, sex, sex worker. worker. Sorry, we keep saying prostitute, but no, honestly, like, I I understand that sex worker is a more accepted term. But I think, you know, I think that they maybe you know could have had mean. a shot together. But I don't like her personality at all. I think she's really entitled. Yeah. How does she get in so much debt? That's the question I've got. How does she get in so much debt that she's the age that she is? She's quite young. She's in her early to mid 20s. She's in so much debt that she can't go to a different town and get a job at a and b that her aunt owns. How did you get to this stage in your life? <laughs> There's got to be more to this story than just she's got a debt. Otherwise, it's just lazy story writing. The reason, And it's also insulting to women who are trapped in sex work because of 
extraneous circumstances that they don't always have their control over, like abusive boyfriends or manipulative family members or being abused as children or having um, drug problems. Yeah, Those as far are, as we know, Nikki being, doesn't have any Or of being immigrant, like an immigrant to the country. Like apparently something like 80% of all sex workers in London are immigrants from a different country. And they come here and they don't, they can't make their living in a different way because for various reasons, they might not have qualifications, so they might speak the language, they get lured in by somebody, sex trafficking, etc, etc. I don't understand how Nikki is in this situation. No. Perhaps I'm being naive and unfair, but I think just saying I've got debts is not a good enough reason for me to understand why I should sympathise with her. Mm. I think that I'd quite like to see Beth more in this story, and, and there's there's clearly a, must be a reason why Lisa George hasn't been on screen for a long time. Like, since, I don't I don't I know whether we've seen her since the COVID thing has come back. down as many extraneous I, cast members as possible just for safety reasons. But... That, that, that's an, another problem that I've got with it. We're hearing from Kirk about just how cut up Beth is about the situation and how she's been crying her eyes out and everything. But I, I kind of feel that we need to see it. And, and considering how good Lisa was in, in Sinead's death storyline, I think she could probably do a good job. It's but also I'm... quite weird as well that Nikki is in a storyline where she's the only woman. You've got Daniel, you've got Adam, you've got Jeff, you've got Kirk, you've got her mum who was in two scenes... But that's it. You, there's no other woman there. I mm. think that's quite interesting. It makes it more difficult. Like, if Beth was there, perhaps she could talk to Nikki. I think, you know, oftentimes women can be very unfair to, to sex workers, especially if she thinks she's threatening her family. But maybe she could talk to Nikki and get her to explain herself a bit more or break I through to her in would. some way I but you know what I mean it is a bit weird that Nikki's like oh save me save me I'm the girl of this storyline and all the other people are either clients or people that are taking advantage of her I think if Beth ever got in a scene with Nikki she'd just be foul horrible Beth that yeah, we've not enjoyed be. in the You're last right. few years but if it was just a scene if we could I just really think that this story would be enhanced slightly by having a scene with Beth and Kirk or Beth and Daniel even, maybe, if, if they've got this bond that they supposedly made at the grief retreat in Glasgow. I don't but, think they said it was Glasgow. Was it Glasgow? I thought it was, it was Glasgow. Scotland. Oh, it's, just I, in general. I, thought it was Glasgow. I don't know. Where else <sighs> oh, is Oh, I just Scotland? don't like Nikki. I don't like her personality. I tried really hard to like her. I know the actress really, really wants to be in Coronation Street and she talked a lot about how it's a dream come true. And whenever I hear that, it always makes, finds, I find it so difficult to to criticise them. She's doing a good... She's making a good performance. You can't deny that. But I just yeah, I really find the character just totally obnoxious and just unfath- unfathomable. I can't find a route into understanding. What did you think about the fact that Daniel stole the money off of Jeff? Is, are we supposed to be rooting for him there? Or... Because he, he literally... He found... He found that money. He he didn't initially even know it was Jeff's, did he? No. I, it's weird because we've heard a lot about how much money he's given um, Sinead, Nikki, and we know he doesn't have any money, and we know that he's been putting it on credit cards and he's also been taking it off of his dad. And so, I mean, maybe he got some money, maybe Sinead had life insurance, I don't know. But it's another layer of, like, emptiness of this story where there's there's a whole 
unspoken question there's like loads, so many, I have so many questions none of them are being addressed and because they're not I can't engage in it because it would be more compelling to me if Daniel was stole the money because he couldn't literally couldn't borrow anymore etc etc but you know that we had a few throwaway lines about him racking up debts and that's it I mean he's got debts too they're both single parents with young children who have debts but now Nikki's transferred her debts over to Daniel and we're supposed to sympathize with Nikki isn't Bertie just as important as Maisie? Shouldn't we be more concerned about the characters we know rather than Nikki and Maisie, two characters that didn't even exist in the show the beginning of the year? <laughs> Shall we move on? Because I... If you've got a problem and you need to get some money, just get a job working part-time at your uncle's solicitor... No, your nephew's solicitor firm. <laughs> Sorted. Sorted. Yeah, just hang around until some sleazebag leaves an envelope full of money and you're fine. Yeah, thieving's wrong. Daniel, Dan, Daniel doesn't particularly... I wouldn't say that he's got particularly strong moral it? compass No, anyway. he's really bad. I mean, he pushed his dad down the stairs. Yeah, he, he, and, and he he's t- very much an out for himself. He's clearly... I mean, he doesn't base any of his actions based on, you know, any kind of theological beliefs or whatever. He, he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He doesn't... No, I think he has think, a romantic sense of right and wrong, but it's all very dramatic and very juvenile. Because he, I suppose you could argue that his emotional development is trapped in his teen years when he was abandoned by his mum. Well, don't you think? It kind of feels like he's emotionally stunted. He, yeah, definitely. He appeared on the show like in his like t- when he was twenty twenty one, after having been abandoned by his mum for five years and raising himself, and then ever since then he's been in one dramatic scene after another, thieving and arguing with people in. That Denise has got a lot to answer for. Let's move on to the next story while you're in full rant mode because this is another one that didn't particularly go down well with us despite, you know, as I said, I enjoying Abby. So Abby last week... Well, I've said Kevin stressed that after Abby's confession. What did she confess last week? Drugs. Oh, yeah, that's right. All the drugs She stuff. really likes drugs. Debbie Before sells Before he Kevin. just knew that she kind of liked drugs, but she was like, no, no, no. No, when I said I like drugs, what I meant was I love drugs. Debbie tells Kevin he should be a bit more supportive of her. And then Abby tells Dev about Jack being bullied at school, apparently, at the moment, because of his, his blade that he uses when he runs. All, for the past few weeks, we've been hearing about Jack and his athletic prowess, haven't we? And also Jack's in the other Awful room playing Xbox. Awful lot of seen but not heard. Um, no, the other way That's around. Fine. Heard but not seen. And, That's um, fine. It's I. Th- I just kind of see it as a running joke now. When they go <laughs> running joke, huh. blade running say, joke. When they say, "Oh look, Jack's in the room. I'm just going to go and get him." I just you have to just take that. Oh no. Um, anyway, she tells Dev that she advised Jack to fight back, and Dev's like, "Yeah, good on you," but that comes round to bite her in the bum later on, doesn't it? Yeah. Because Fizz later comes stomping over to the garage because Jack has attacked Hope. Hope's a little turd, isn't she? She kind of deserves it. Ooh, harsh. She's an arsonist. <laughs> she's she's been making fun of Jack. He attacks her. Kevin says, "Look, you need to stay out of Jack's way. Leave the parenting to me. You gave been bad advice. You're nothing to do with him, actually. So leave him alone." So Abby then goes off to the Rovers for some whiskey. Peter finds her out the back of the Rovers and offers to listen to her woes because he is the 
Wise man of the street. Wise man of the street, exactly. And she says, oh, I should never have told Kevin the truth about the drugs and everything. No, he doesn't trust me. Um, Kevin is later telling Debbie what happened with uh, with Jack and Abby and everything like that. And she says, look, you need to show Abby that her past doesn't matter. Yeah, just because she's been... Yeah, that's what it was. The end of last week, where she, yeah, she talked about how bad things were yeah, and well, how she, she like, neglected she her care. kids and everything. And all she cared about was drugs. She didn't care about. Yeah, her Debbie says, and it was also the fact that at one point one of the kids got hold of some of the drugs, yeah. and she says she didn't care. Abby says Debbie is not that person anymore. She's um, Debbie. Abby. Uh, Debbie Abby. says that Abby, Abby is not yeah. that person anymore. You need to let her know that, otherwise you're going to risk losing her. Meanwhile, Kevin is risking losing Abby because she's over with Peter. Saying that, oh, I've screwed it up with Kevin. It's like we're, we're finished. It's and then he's he's never going to understand me the way that you do. I think it's over. And by the end of the scene, she's invited Peter to join her in a naked ice cream session in a hotel room. This bit, I could like at the, at this point, any any kind of sympathy for Abby and me rooting for Abby and, Abby and Kevin in a relationship completely dissolved because don't care how drunk you ever get. I genuinely don't think that you would accidentally proposition somebody without having something in your heart that made you want to cheat. There's no way I would end up drunk with somebody of the opposite sex saying, let's go to a hotel room together. I could be as drunk as possible without even being able to speak properly and I wouldn't accidentally do that. I don't understand how this is supposed to be. Abby has got a very self-destructive personality. <laughs> she she is because she she wants to she, I, I think know, she thinks it's punishing herself almost by by inviting Peter to the hotel because she because she's, she's really bad she's, in bed she's, she's screwed it up with uh, Kevin already so now she's just going to super screw it up so there's no chance of any um, any takesy backsies I just no I understand what you're saying anyway you're Peter says no you're right it just this just so this Abby scene just ruined everything didn't it yeah it did and, and it it was yet again a sort of a Oh, okay, fine, they're going down that road. I'm glad that Peter said no, but even by the end of this week, it still feels like it could be on the cards. It still feels as though they're, they're the architects of their own destruction here because they are pushing their partners further and further away and they're so that they can end up together at the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so, so I don't want to happen, but I've said a few things in this story, I don't want this to happen. <laughs> and they're and like, we don't care. Although actually, to be fair, Abby has not gone down the addiction route so far. I think it was two, three weeks ago, I was saying, I don't want this to be an addiction story, don't get her hooked on I'd drugs again, get... and she has stayed clean. I'd rather it was an addiction story than a love triangle story. I don't want it to be either. Both <laughs> know, are just so utterly Boring. unoriginal. I know. Um, anyway, Abby goes back to number 13, all ready to confess to Kevin, but then he does the classic soap. No, 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 Abby, before you say something, let me tell you something first. We've got a clean slate. I'm going to forget everything that's, uh, that's ever gone wrong between us. Forget about your past, that you're a new person now. Um, let's let's start things fresh. Anyway, what did you want to confess to me, Abby? Nothing. Nothing, says Abby. Ah, oh, they love each other, isn't it? Lovely, and they're going to have a nice takeaway for tea. Sorted. And Abby, for some reason, Debbie and Jack aren't allowed to share the takeaway. Well, Jack's not allowed because he's not allowed in the room. Wasn't that, wasn't Debbie allowed? Didn't they? I, 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 we always ate together when I when I was a kid. I don't understand families that don't have dinners together. I don't know. Anyway. Abby, while they're doing stuff with the dinner, sees a message from Peter on her phone. He was asking her to go and meet her in the ginnel. So she goes over to him and says, look, this is, this is a mistake earlier. I'm going to give it a proper go with Kevin now. Don't tell anyone. 
Don't tell Carla. And he says, yeah, you don't tell anyone either. Yeah. And I'm not helping you anymore. Um, so, so Debbie sees him with her, doesn't she? And so she smells a rat. God. And so then Abby has to confess everything to Debbie. He threatens to tell Kevin about it. It's all classic affair drama. It's all people seeing. Basically, all this week was, was Abby and Peter, apart from one scene where she made a pass at him, meeting up clandestinely, saying to each other, I hope nobody thinks we're having an affair. And then Mary... Debbie, whoever, everyone, seeing them together and going off and telling Carla and Kevin. Yeah, they're having an affair. Yeah. So um, Carla's not very happy to hear later on that um, Abby's been sniffing around Peter again. But Peter says, look, promise, I'm not going to help Abby again. Don't worry about it. There's nothing going on. Um, we end the episode with Debbie telling Abby that she's got her eye on her. Wednesday, <laughs> Abby apologises to Peter for yesterday for the whole coming on to him thing and they agree it's probably best if they keep Carla out of this of course it is let's keep secrets let's what could possibly go wrong let's not tell her even though she expressly told him that she didn't want secrets exactly so Debbie goes and finds Peter in the cabaret later and says oh yeah I know I know all about Abby um, knocking off the local grease ball that's you by the way and he says no no, no there's not been knocking off after any grease balls around here actually thank you yeah. very much also that it comes into conversation that Carla doesn't know about it so he says just keep quiet please about that Debbie and he says look right you stay away from Abby and Kevin and if you want me to keep quiet about it so Debbie what does says, Peter do go straight to find Abby in the garage say why didn't you tell me that Abby knew about this and Abby's like Debbie Debbie knew about this and Abby's like chill I trust Debbie oh, she seems silly. like a now, now I read it now I read all of this. This is stupid, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's basically every single person is keeping a secret in couples from everybody else except for Carla, who doesn't know anything's going on. Yeah, she's blissfully ignorant so by, Kevin, still by the end of Wednesday's Debbie episode. And, Debbie and Abby don't tell anybody. Peter and Abby, let's keep, a, let's keep a secret. Debbie and Peter, right, don't tell Carla. Okay, who who have we not mixed up together yet? Peter and Kevin, let's have them have a meeting and tell each other not to tell anybody. <laughs> and now Abby and Carla get their heads together and say, Peter and Kevin are having an affair there. And then Abby says, sorry, Carla, damn it, I forgot you're the one person I'm not allowed to talk to about this. Forget I said anything. Right, Kevin on Friday has decided that he's going to take Abby to Australia to see the twins. He just needs to talk to the social services and something. And Debbie says, I think that's a bad idea, actually. Meanwhile, Peter is enlisted to take Abby to the hospital. She realises that she's got a hospital appointment, I guess a follow-up from that thing a few weeks ago. And, and Tim's there saying, don't worry, I will sort you a trip to the hospital. And I thought that we'd get um, a scene with with Sally and sorry Sally yeah Sally Carmen and Joe Dutton sharing a cab together because they can you know they can but we didn't because who turns up oh it's only Peter Barlow to take her to the hospital this is the trouble when you're having a secret not affair and you don't tell anybody you end up accidentally being assigned to be the taxi driver exactly if only Tim had known yeah not to Mary sees this happening Mary does. So she goes and tells Debbie that she's not only did she see Abby getting into a cab with Peter, but she was checking herself out beforehand in the mirror. Oh, no, in the reflection of the salon or something, wasn't it? Because Abby was worried that she was looking too frazzled was... for a hospital. No, I thought this was good. I thought this was good because it depends on what they want to do to you when you go to the, to the hospital. But you certainly, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because you're gross or maybe it's because you're a man. But... You obviously don't seem to care about your personal hygiene when what? you're going to the doctor. Well, why did you think it was weird? If I'm going to the, do- if I had to go to the hospital right now, I would probably stop and get a bit of a flannel going. 
Uh, yeah, fine. Deodorise yourself <laughs> a little bit. Anyway, so um, Debbie then goes over to, to see Kevin and reluctantly, I have to say, tells him that Abby is going out with um, with Peter. And it has been good to see that Debbie... She she doesn't want this to be going on. She's not like a gossip monger, is she? Well, the thing She's... is, it does make sense because she spoke the last time she spoke to Abby. She said, "You better you better not be messing around with my brother." And I know that you and Peter have got might have something going on. And then she finds out from Mary that they've gone off together in the cab. So they're really it doesn't make sense. She tried to phone Abby up. She couldn't get hold of her. So the next step is to, to tell Kevin. Maybe she was being a bit hasty, but at least this makes some logical sense. Are you enjoying Debbie at the moment? Yeah, I think she's the best character in this whole story. I, I can't put my finger on what it is I quite don't like about her. She just seems to be, you know, a, a dangly-earringed pawn in the story that's going back and forth between people, and she's she's a bit of an antagonist and causing <sighs> even more soap coincidences to happen and misunderstandings. I, like I, I don't know why. I, I really want to like her. And I don't hate her or anything. There's just something that's that's not not quite working with with her for me, sadly. Um, anyway, um, where do we? I've, I'm lost. Where we get so up to? So Debbie now. says. Kevin, yeah, she says. Sorry. Yeah, she says. Kevin, sorry. Um, your, your girlfriend's having it off with Peter down in the pub. So meanwhile, Peter has called his sponsor Howard, who I think we've seen a few times in the show before, and they're meeting up in a secret spot that is definitely not round the back of Roy's cafe because the camera's zoomed right in on them, and you can't tell that that's definitely where it is. But obviously, there's no location filming on Coronation Street, so. Well, that's what that set was supposed to be for. I thought in the first yeah, place, random, random, random alleyway, alley, exactly. And also, what better place to have a meeting with your A and A sponsor? What's it? Is it an A sponsor than in a random alleyway? Yes. Maybe it's just to remind you, if you don't stay away from the bottle, this is where we're going to be spending most of our social life. <laughs> true, true. Just lying here in the gutter. Howard says to him, look, if I were you, I'd stay away from Abby and I'd talk to Carla about your, your problems now. Oh, thanks, Howard, yeah. Peter's, That's not just common sense. Peter tells Carla... It, I, I kind of half missed that scene because he says to, to, to Carla later that he's struggling with being around the booze again in the pub. Is that what... Is that what is actually? Well, yeah, I don't know. Worried about. It doesn't matter anyway. That's that's. It probably doesn't help. In this. Um, Debbie explains everything. Is explaining everything to Kevin at this point. Like everything that's happened over the last few days in this story, he completely believes her. Um, he's very quick to. Well, yeah, it's even more believe suspicious. that Abby could be having it off with Peter. Because earlier in the day, she said, "I'm going to go and hang out with Seb," and the next thing oh, yeah, she Abby knows. Did, yeah. She's gone off to the hospital, yeah, so it doesn't right. make sense. So Kevin strides off to the pub hunting for Peter. He's not there, of course, but Carla is. So Kevin reveals to Carla that their significant others have been carrying on behind their backs. And then, what do you know, the next people to walk into the pub are Abby and Kevin, getting a very frosty reception from Kevin and Carla. Kevin lays into Abby and Peter... They 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 say every they tell him everything. They say, "Oh no, it's just a misunderstanding." I've been at hospital, blah blah blah. Abby does have to admit at that point, though, she made a pass at Peter on Monday, which um, neither doesn't Kevin really help, nor Carla it? are particularly pleased with. Carla disappears off because she's been she's been um, she's been struggling to keep hold of Peter, and she's been giving him a lot of slack and everything. And she thought that Peter's philandering days were over, yeah, but exactly. now it it's seems like he's time. just reverted back to type. Yeah. Um, so. He he kind of follows her to the back of the the rovers with his tail between his legs, where he is rightly dragged across the coals. He swears that he was with Howard all day, but she doesn't believe him because he has got a history for being a lying toe rag. 
um, he, he, she's just upset that he can't trust her and he can talk mm. He can talk to Abby. He can open up to her. Why can't you trust me? We're supposed yeah. to be partners in this. The thing is, though, it wasn't that way round. What do you mean? Well, it wasn't Peter confiding in Abby. But I think it's about the... the well, I, okay, I don't know how much he's lying here when like, he says about I'm, I'm finding it difficult being around all this booze in the pub. Yeah. Because she's, this is when she says, I've been laying off the booze for the past year since I've had my, my kidney operation. Or that, I know, I but that doesn't help. Ago. That doesn't help. Saying, look, I'm finding this really hard. The response to that, well, I'm also finding this really hard. Oh, great. Well, that doesn't help me, though, does it? Abby, meanwhile, is having a go at Debbie for jumping to the wrong conclusion. I think Debbie is a little bit ashamed at this point. (laughs) But Kevin's still mad that she made a pass at Peter anyway. Yeah. So Abby says, look, I was just feeling really worthless when I made the pass. She gets her excuses ready. And and I think it's true. Like I said, she is totally self-destructive. And I think that she was punishing herself. Hmm. In, you know, but anyway, she says she swears that if I'd actually got him to the hotel, I would have come to my senses. And I don't know whether I believe that. Um, she she promises. Look, <laughs> I love you. Please give me one more chance. I, let, let me win back your trust. And, and he agrees. And she has a nice little smile at the end. But I'm no, still not convinced. Doomed. I'm still. It seems that they are doomed. And um, we end the episode with Peter apologising to Carla out the back of the Rovers. She's not having any of it, though, saying that you've got this hero complex. But then she comes back grovelling to him later, saying that she was too harsh on him. Sorry, I went a bit too far. But before you know it... Well, they, he they, says, they, yeah, they... yeah, you probably did go a bit too far. I didn't moan when you uh, slept with Jordan, did I? I didn't complain oh, then. What a git. He, she was raped by Jordan. Yeah, this was the Jordan who, when she was at her lowest When ebb, she was on drugs... He takes advantage of her. He raped her because she she was not in a position to consent and she did it because she was under the influence of drugs. So I think that's rape. It must and we've have, had... I know there's been, been lots of discussions... There have been lots of discussions about what what is rape and was this rape and people not calling it rape. I'm not going to have a go at people that don't think it's rape. I think it was... I think he was completely out of order to bring this up. He clearly doesn't get what happened. He still does not understand what happened because he wouldn't be bringing this up like it was anything that she did wrong. I think that he he didn't think before he opened his mouth. I don't know if he meant it in a different way. I can completely (laughs) see that this would have been playing on his mind. And he... Yeah, he didn't mean it in that way, He's forgiven her, but he's willing to put that to one side. He he doesn't feel comfortable with the fact that she was raped. And I know it's like, well, he can talk, he's not the one that was raped. But mm-hmm. it's something that you're not going to be able to forget that that your that your girlfriend has know, been with another man. I know, but you don't use it in an argument. You, you don't if you, if you <laughs> think like, well, before wait, you speak. Wait and they're, and, and they've, they've been in such, you know, yeah. a heightened situation all day today, then sometimes things come out. And I think that I think I can understand even though i think he shouldn't have done it i can understand why peter did do it because carla was having a right go at him and i actually thought that carla was great and i think that ali did a really great job in today's episode i did as well she she was feisty carla again she was standing up for herself she hasn't done that for a while she even says like at one point he he said something to her and she said don't bring up my psychosis here or something like that I'd like to see her stand up for herself a bit more peter was on the back foot yeah that's why i like carla she was right she said when I came back to the street, everyone warned me. They said you had mi- they said that you'd play around again and I shouldn't trust you and you broke my heart and you humiliated me the first time you did it and I gave you another chance and now you're doing it again. 
Mm. I mean, to be fair, he didn't actually do any. Did he do anything wrong? I don't think he did. But he's I just, just think he's just sneaking around. He's another he? man on the street who cannot leave the women alone, who need help, and and you know it is kind of also them asking for help, but they don't need help from you. Is it? Is it, what, is it just a Barlow trade? Because both of Ken's sons think yeah. they're these knights in white and there shining is a reason, armor. There is a reason though why there are charities and special people and counselors and like support workers and social workers, professionals who help people with problems like this. Like there are people who could help Nikki if she wanted to to get herself a career. There are definitely people that would help train her up, get her off the street, stop working as a sex worker and support her child while she trained or did whatever she wanted. There are definitely people that would help her. There's definitely people that would help Abby when she's struggling with her drug addiction, mm. especially considering that the only reason that she was tempted in the first place was because she was put in a situation where she was left alone with medication that she should not have had access to, and that's really unacceptable. Yeah, the husband's got always got free with all of this, haven't they? Heads would roll if, if, it, if it was to come out that, that she had access to morphine. Yeah. And she shouldn't have been given morphine in the first place. No, not if, if she's, she's got a history of addiction, she wouldn't. She wouldn't have been given that. They they're really strict about what painkillers they give you. Mm. So mm. yeah, th- there are there are bl- plenty of people who are far more qualified to help than Peter Barlow and blamin', blamin' Daniel Osborne. I think that Peter should just get a job. He should just take Toya's job at the medical centre. Well, they don't need I've... a counsellor, apparently. Oh, no, they do. They just don't need a counsellor who's going to blab that their doctor has... Or no, they'll keep a secret that their doctor has secretly taken whatever it was that Ali was taking. Because yeah, that's yeah. why Toya was sacked, wasn't she? Because she, uh, she couldn't keep her yeah. mouth shut. No, she could keep her mouth shut. That was the problem. <laughs> it, was, it was Monday. It was Wednesday's episode where Toya couldn't keep her mouth shut, but more on that later. Anyway, yeah. The, um, do, do you think that this affair is more inevitable now? Because oh, I'm... Uh, don't care. I just don't it's, care. It's, an, it's, another, it's another one of these problems where the, the couples involved haven't been given enough time to and show also, why we should care about them. I just need them. to add this. I really, I don't mind Kevin. I actually think he's a pretty decent chap. But Kevin, in a relationship with anybody, is a deeply unlovable human being who, who does nothing but shout. And as soon as something goes wrong, he starts shouting the odds. And he is so aggressive and, like, cavemanish. He doesn't learn, does he? I can't find... I, I just can't ever root for him in a relationship. He is just so aggressive and unlikable. I don't care about him in a relationship. It was kind of sweet when he and Abby were getting together, but, you know, the more I see them together, the more I don't like them. Abby's my favourite. I've never really been a Carla and Peter fan, because I think... Peter's a preachy asshole, and he's made Carla boring. So the idea that these two couples are splitting up and I'm supposed to worry about it is completely alien to me. I don't care. They mm. should all break up and not even get back together in, an, in any kind of combination. No, I don't think they should break up. In I fact, think, if I think that both couples have got potential to, to grow, but Corrie just doesn't Ooh. seem interested in showing that. They keep them Let's off screen Carla, for weeks and Carla months, and, and then Abby they together. split them up. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the fan fiction there? Um, so, yeah, that, that's that story. Uh, compared to the Nicky and um, Daniel and, and Jeff story, 
This one, I'm less interested in where it's going to go. I've, I've got problems with the Daniel story, but at least with the, the addition of Jeff to it, I'm very, very intrigued on where that's going to go next. I don't know whether it's going to be in next week's show. I assume it is. But I'm looking forward to finding out the next stage, whether or not Nikki is going to be there. But this story, I have, yeah, I've got no interest. I'm not, I'm not, you know, champing at the bit to find out are they going to stay together? Are they going to, are they going to split up? It's it's a shame, really. Um, any other bits on this story? I enjoyed Dev's ranting about crisps to who's he about? Was he talking to Kevin or Abby? I can't remember about um, the different flavoured crisps that we have these days. It always used to be salt and vinegar and cheese and onion and plain, and now it's Cajun squirrel, which is rank, apparently. And I enjoyed the little scene with Tyrone talking about taking Gullible out the dictionary on Wednesday, was it? That was quite fun, too. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> and and quite, a, uh, quite an astute observation for somebody who was illiterate when he, was, uh, when he first joined the street, that he is now noticing that yoghurt... Used to have an H and now doesn't, which is also something that I've noticed. I always write it with an H, and in fact, in fact, we were doing a science lesson this afternoon about um, the five food groups and um, well, yogurt, y- yogurt, one, one of the main five. Now, when, when we were, the children were finding things out about like, oh, what's a dairy product and everything, and and um, I wrote yogurt on the board. And I was like, right, copy this down, children. Y O G H U R T. I made sure I told them. I quite like it without the H. What? Yeah, is it an Americanism? Yeah. I, that's what I think, that's what I think. I don't know what you think, listeners. Yogurt, H or no H. Hot topic of the it's week. it's not yogurt, is it? It's yogurt. I don't know. Yogurt. Spelling should never change. <laughs> never change. You know, I'm just going to point this out. Many American spellings are actually original English spellings. I know, I know. So let's just stop that one dead in its track. I feel we? like I just rushed past the... Uh, the, the, the taking gullible out of the dictionary bit of the, that story as well, which I did think was quite funny. Was it... I can't remember how it went now. Tyrone was... Kev thought he was pulling Tyrone's leg. He said they took gullible out of the dictionary and Tyrone oh, yeah, went, oh, gosh, did they really? Opened his phone and went, oh, my God, they did. And Kevin went, what? And then Tyrone went, hey. I thought that was funny. Mm, I thought that... Oh, that was a new twist. Yeah, on the I don't think classic. that's a very new twist, but it's still... I think I was just pleasantly surprised because that seemed like a very, really seemed like a really really cliche, yeah, Cory joke, and then they turned it on its head a little bit. So yeah, I think that I would that was Tyrone's crowning moment of the week. Tyrone, my god, this week was just involved in stupidity after stupidity, wasn't he? He was, but I was I was just happy to see him and Fizz. I, they're, they're literally they're one of my favourite families like on the street I am when their such, owners such, come such home but their owners are Fred and Rosemary Tyrone. West <laughs> what? welcome right. home welcome home where have you been even the bun stuff which was silly not I was that like, I'm saying that they're like serial killers but <laughs> Toya Battersby is that Toya yes that is passiert okay I don't know what that means it means what's happened okay on Monday oh yeah we're still trying to raise half a million quid aren't we <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right, don't forget that. It's sponsored silence. Emma has done pretty good actually. She's already raised five hundred pounds by her sponsored silence. I assume that she's finished yeah, it. She now. just needs to do a thousand more sponsored silences and they're sorted. Tracy gets a phone call. What's that? Hello? Emma? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Hello? I think her sponsored silence is going really well, everyone. She does break it at the end of the episode, doesn't she? Then Doctor Hospital comes and says, um, we're going to have to increase the medicine on Oliver. He's had more 
breakthrough seizure activity last night. So yes. that's not good. Um, then we start the sponsored silence. Then Nick says to Leanne that he's going. He's thinking of sh- selling his shares in the factory. Ray, 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 where's Ray? Ray? Yeah, like quite. Um, back at home, Leanne tells Nick how much she loves him for always putting Oliver first. So then, Leanne and Steve start talking, and they're thinking about all the businesses they they own, and they're thinking about selling them, mm. aren't they? Oh dear! See, it feels to me like on the street. How did Nick end up with his factory shares? Oh, I don't bloody know. It's like the women sleep their way into getting part ownership of businesses and the men just get inheritance from their dads. Did Aiden stole it off Johnny, didn't he? Johnny's just rich. I've, I've lost track. Was it something to do with Archie's money? Yeah, that's right. He stole it off his gran. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> easy right. Easy come, is easy that, go, eh, is Nick? Is that how he got the factory? I don't remember. I don't know. It's like we don't even do a show about Coronation Street, isn't it? It's hard to keep track of these things. In the Rovers, Steve tells Tracy that he has been in contact with a property company because he wants to sell the flat and the streetcar's office and maybe the florists. She starts, She says, I'll think about it. I thought this was weird because he's talking about a property company and then there's two elements here. You either have a premises or a business. He's selling the premises, mm. but is he selling the business? No, I don't think... Parcel, I don't. It? No, it doesn't. Because oh. you can have a business. Well, there's lots of talk among some of the other characters this week about um, flyers from a property business, aren't there? Tim um, waggles a flyer in front of somebody's Don't forget face. what happened with the factory where they own the business, but the premises belongs to Gary. Oh, yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. So, like... So, even if Nick does want to, to sell it up, then so what? No, 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 no. He's talking about selling the shares of the company. Yeah. Now, we have to keep this in our minds. I don't know if Coronation Street is keeping it in their minds, but if you're selling the premises, and not very many people own the premises that their business runs from, because you pay commercial rent, don't you? Mm. So that, to me, makes me think that Steve not only owns the, the building that Streetcars runs in, but he also owns a part share of the company. So if he can sell the, the, the actual building that the property that the, the business runs from, he can still keep the business, but then he would have to pay rent every month. Mm. Well, he must own the building, because upstairs is the yeah. flat that yeah. that he and... Well, he didn't live there anymore, but Liz lived in before they go to play. They they brushed that one under the carpet quite quickly, didn't yeah, they? What about, that, what about Liz? You'll be evicting Liz. Oh, she's she in Spain care. at the moment. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the people are talking about flies. It seems like Ray's property friends have been trying to get everybody to sell and... Yeah, you know, one way or another, in the next few months, everybody who lives on or works on that side of the street is going to come for is going to be for some reason in Needing dire need to. of uh, of selling up. Well, so Steve's talking about selling the flat and the streetcar's office, and maybe the florists. Don't worry about the florists; they're not even on the right part of the street. Tracy says she'll think about it. Um, Emily, Emma breaks her silence, but secretly to offer counsel to Tracy about help doing anything that she can to help Oliver. I think Tracy even does do that thing that I was trying to do last week, going, mm, if it was Amy, I guess I would do anything I could to to save her. So I understand why they want me to sell my business. Yes. It still doesn't feel like it's going to add up to enough. I suppose, it, you know, it'll help. It can't really end up being more than a quarter of a million, I would have thought. No, I thought I, I don't know. Anyway, we'll let's get to that in a minute. This is the other bit of the story which isn't really 
the same story, but I bummed no, it in there anyway because I don't want to have to think of another storyline <clears throat> title. Tyrone and Fizz have an argument about who's best at baking. Who's got the best buns? I think British Bake Off's back this week, isn't it? So it maybe was timely. this is why they've put this in here. Um, they're going to raise money for Oliver's fund, and um, Abby's about to buy one of Fizz's buns. But Mary runs up and says that she bought one earlier and they're tainted and gave her a coughing fit and somebody had to give her the homelink manoeuvre on her boobs. <laughs> so Abby changes her mind. And then Fizz gets really mad. And so when Tyrone brings his cake to the Rovers and it collapses, she opens the door and goes, ha, 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 it was all me. I put ice cubes in there. And I'm really, I, I really <laughs> want to know at what point the ice cubes got put in and why Tyrone didn't notice. I know. It Did must... she put them in the cooked cake? Because she said she saw it, it looked amazing, and then she put it Yeah, I think that he had brought the cake out of the oven, it was on the side, and then she snuck some ice cubes in it somehow. He must have put the cloche over the top of it. She went in and stuck a load of ice cubes in the middle, and then he didn't check it, he just picked it up and, and took it into the room. I'm really <laughs> glad that they didn't lose sight of the fact they were trying to raise money for a child who's got a terminal illness. I know, it was all a bit petty, wasn't it? it Squabbling over stupid. who can make the best cake. I was watching this thinking, I don't know how I can really feel about this. And then I think Corey kind of went, I would don't really want to be lampooned for this on social media. So they had Fizz say, oh, I feel guilty about wasting food and not raising money. We'll try really hard tomorrow. And, and I don't think that's going to stop people from ending on Twitter. I haven't been on since, but... It was, it was a... Um... A light-hearted bit of side story, as we had with some of the other stories this week. I didn't mind. I was. I was. I, I was didn't just, mind either. I, I was happy to have Tyrone and Fizz. I didn't mind this, and, and I didn't mind the the stupid flower stuff either. It um, was. It was utter filler. It was silly, and it. But it is the kind of thing that Corey used to get away with a bit more. It was buttercream filler. Yeah, yeah. People say that was it was better in the old day, and if they do stuff like it now, I just get moaned at i was watching it thinking since when are tyrone authors known for their baking culinary expertise yeah uh, so never mind I, 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 no, I didn't mind that but what so the 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 ollie stuff then so we reckon that nick is going to try and buy no it's going to sell his shares of underworld to ray well even if he does even if he does ray's going to make any difference to because... get the building off of gary but Gary seems to be permanently stuck on honeymoon. He's he's yeah. he's obviously well, got his honeymoon well, from the well, same well. place as Sarah Lou if and you Adam were on did. Honeymoon with Maria. <laughs> I think um not sure whether Ray's gonna go for buying Nick shares because he doesn't want the business, he wants the building. Mm. So he's gonna go after Gary, surely, if he yeah, he just needs to needs to get older and when he comes back. I was wondering, as I was speaking of the shares, I'm trying to I couldn't remember does do, does they do all the factory workers still own the other 50%? I can't remember now. No, does Carla know. own any of it? We need it? to write this down as it happens. We need to write it down. Car- when Carla swans into the factory in the other story this week, I was like, oh yeah, she works there, doesn't I know, she? she? She got I hired could... because Sarah's incompetent. Yeah. I completely forgot about So uh, yeah, anyway, it... It, it it's starting... I wouldn't want to be the Coronation Street archivist now, I'll tell you that for nothing. I, th- I thought that... I'd like the idea of Ray gradually buying everywhere up on the street, but it seems to be kind of all coming together a bit too quickly now. And it's like, oh, isn't that coincidental? Everybody's seeming but to have a reason of... to sell up to him. And I wonder whether originally it was going to be spread more evenly out over the year. Maybe, but this is what happens in Monopoly. One minute, everybody's got the same amount of money. And the next minute, you're in jail and somebody's buying all your properties and Piccadilly Putting Circus. hotels all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
what else was yeah speaking speaking of this the 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 sinkhole story seems to have fallen into itself everybody just says everyone's forgotten about that now remember there was a sinkhole two weeks ago nobody cares about that anymore think of the hedgehogs i'm wondering as well falling in i'm still wondering as well what's going on with the cabin because we've heard that kathy's having money troubles so is that why she's going to sell that to Ray? And, and what possible reason could there be for um, Jeff to sell up to Ray? And also, who else is there? Sally. Well, Jeff is going to sell. I think if... It, to get at Yasmin, I think it would be perfectly within Jeff's personality to sell the house while she's in prison. Mm. I don't know what the legalities of it is, but I don't think Coronation Street particularly cares at some point. And fair enough, they're, they're not there to be realistic in 100% of the situations. They're trying to make trying to tell a story, and I know that we criticise them for things like that anyway, so who am I to talk? But um, that would definitely be a way of him getting at Yasmin, wouldn't it? To sell a lovely house. Very true. I uh, don't know about... I don't know about Sally and Tim. Well... Are they on or off Jeff... at the moment? Didn't they go on holiday? No, Tim's around because he was the one that oh, yeah. that told Peter to go and give Abby that lift. I don't care anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in. I'd, It'll happen as it happens. I, I'd rather, I'd rather we saw a bit more of, of Ray this week, but maybe he's going to be back next week. Um, yeah. So anyway, that I was wondering whether you know we talked last week about whether Doctor Schmitz is actually a scam artist or not, and I think we kind of said it lightheartedly, but then it seems that online the theory seems to be growing that he is going to take the money off of them all and then scam them. Do you you not think so? Well, unless... Don't you think it's a really obscure way to get money? If you're going to be a scam artist, would you really set up a fake website about mitochondrial disease and say that you can cure children and, and just sit and wait for the money to roll in? He did seem very much like he didn't care that Leanne had um, embellished the details or under, oh no, sorry, underplayed the details of uh, Ollie's seizures. I don't know. I just think it's... I don't know why... It just no, needed to listen, be extra tragic because... I just because... point this out? The only reason that this would be a good story is if they actually did give him the money and he ran off with it. They're not going to be able to raise half a million, so it doesn't make any difference either way, in my opinion. Well, they they might raise, you know, a good chunk of it and say, look, Herr Doctor, we've got £300,000, we take this and can Oh, you... yes, I can cure him just a tiny bit for that much. Because they still... He won't th- get to be over 18, so is that okay? They still think that he is going to cure Ollie. And, and I wasn't sure about this last week. I didn't know whether they thought he... I didn't know whether they thought that he was just going to help prolong the life of this child who is destined to die. But no, they seem convinced that they can... Realistically, it's impossible. Yeah, it is. And that's what that's what Dr. Gaddas was saying. That's what Dr. Dr. Hospital was saying. Even experimental treatments aren't going to... No. ...cure him. Because it's like, if your house is built on sand... You can. It's going to collapse eventually. You know, it, the the blueprint's wrong. Mm. If he's got a genetic problem. So I I do wonder whether they're going to get a chunk of the money, give it to him, he'll accept it anyway, and then run off into the night. 
but we'll have to. I don't on think that one. it's a story about that. I don't know. There's still the whole thing with the uh, the 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 Sam element to the story, which hasn't been in it very much. But we just got enough scenes of Leanne saying, "Oh Nick, you're wonderful." And um, I'm so grateful for you and glad that you've been able to do X, Y and Z. And he's there thinking, I've got a massive secret. But I guess we have to wait for a little bit longer to, for that one to rear its head. Um, that's it. Anything else for that story? Gemma is shaking her head. I'm saying, right, let's move on to the Todd Squad story. Because we find out early in the week that Billy has hired a private detective to track down Todd. And who's the only private detective on the street? He's going to find it harder and harder to do his private dicking around, isn't he? Because everybody's going, going to know him. him. It's Gary's... Who, who else had it? Gary and Adam have both hired him in the past, haven't they? This Lenny bloke. I don't he, know whether... Um, who Rick ever had him or not. I can't remember. But anyway, Lenny has managed to track down this woman called Safia. Do you think that Safia is the one who was in Yeah, I was Vicky wondering Gardens? that. I was wondering that. Nobody seems to have asked that, did so they? She's, so there was a, a girl who turned up who yeah. said she found Todd's bag by the river and then ran off. Mm. And we said at the time, do we think that she's in cahoots with Todd or not? And I don't think he did. But I thought maybe she did. I don't know. But I, I, it's feeling that this is likely that they are... Well, yeah, the fact, you know, it does seem to me that it might very well be. Yeah. It so, wouldn't make sense for them to cast another person. Like, you just... Hire. Yeah, re- rehire her again. Well, he's managed to track this Safia down anyway. And we get to find out a bit of what Todd's been getting up to. This They've basically been like scamming such a made people up together. Story. They... Well, they've just been, you know, being a bit of a chances and, and and getting whatever money they can off of people. And one day they picked on the wrong person, some gangster. Yeah, I think. Do they... we even have gangsters anymore? They do in EastEnders. Don't we just have gangs? I, I don't know. Is that what you call somebody who's in a gang, a gangster? I yeah, just I don't guess... think so. Todd didn't come home that night after scamming gangster man. So Billy agonises over whether to tell Eileen or not. Oh, I feel so helpless. What shall I do? And Paul says, well, I'll tell you what you can do. I phoned the Gazette and they want to do an article about Todd going missing. An online article as well, so everybody can see. Um, So this all goes online on Friday's episode. Was at any point Todd disbarred from being a solicitor? I can't remember. He did end up working in a flower shop, so I'm thinking maybe. No, but he was... He got picked up by the police for assaulting a police officer and they let him go, didn't they? They said they didn't charge him with anything. I guess perhaps he might have had his licence taken off of him for getting in trouble with the police. I just can't think that somebody like Todd, who actually has trained in a professional career, could actually get more money off scamming people than he could do just doing a normal job. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, in Coronation Street, people find their money where they can, as we learned from the Nicky and uh, Daniel story. Nicky's probably also a solicitor. (laughs) She probably is, isn't she? she, There's some element of solicitation in the job. So no, it's illegal. So Sean finds out about this article, and he's his nose is put out of joint in a bit because he wanted to be, um, you know, doing this investigating alongside Billy, and Billy's gone rogue apparently to put to do this article. but that doesn't matter There's because... There's an awful lot of people telling other people what they found out and not you seeing them finding stuff out. You know what I mean? I do. A lot of this is just going, I found out this. Well, I found that out as well. We find out ourselves <laughs> yeah, that Eileen is there on Skype. Hooray, Eileen is back. This is definitely, I don't think definitely. she's Skyping. She, Nobody is... Skypes anymore, Michael. We all Zoom these days. <laughs> The she's definitely this is the first time that we've seen her since Corrie's been back since yeah. COVID, which I, I didn't know she was going to be back. So when when 
Because Sean was there with his little, um, it's not, it wasn't a laptop, was it? It was a, I don't know what it was. Pad. Pad thingy with a keyboard attached to it. And, w- and when he twizzled it round and we got to see Eileen's face, I was like, yeah, Eileen's back. Hello, I'm in Thailand. Yeah, she, I, I'm a bit confused about what's going on there. And like, oh, was that filmed in the studio? Or was that filmed somewhere else? Or is the reason that Sue Cleaver's not been back on because she's not been able to come back to work for you know, shielding reasons or whatever? Was this filmed somewhere else? It... I, I don't, I don't um, know how, how deeply we're supposed to be thinking about this. I didn't recognise the background from any other place in Coronation Street before. No. So I can only assume that Sue Cleaver's got a really magnificent interior decorator <laughs> in her house, and that's actually filmed at home. That, that's in her Thai wing. Yeah, of her mansion. Of, yeah, of the Cleaver mansion. <laughs> but anyway, she's a bit uh, narked to begin with because she's been kept in the dark about all this, but really her primary concern is what's happened to Todd um, by the oh, way, yeah. she says, I can't come home yet at the moment because, um, what, a, what is it, Jason's mate's been tested for COVID and so now I need to be tested for it and I've got to wait on the results of that. So I, I don't know how much time they're expecting to give her, but COVID tests are supposed to be pretty quick. A couple of days at the latest, aren't they? So the longest. Realistically, there's no particular reason why we shouldn't be able to see Eileen on next Monday. week. Unless, of course... She's Jason, got COVID. Unless, yeah, unless she's got COVID or unless Jason's mate's got COVID because if they've maybe been staying together... Oh, what are you talking then about? Then Eileen would have to isolate herself for yeah, 14 yeah. days. I mean, that's if... you know, Just do what everyone it, else does going, and lie about it. Going by our rules, I don't know what the uh, what the government guidance is over in Thailand, but I suppose it could buy her a little bit of time. But I'm, I'm hoping that we do see her back again soon because I've, I, I like Eileen. She's been sorely underused for quite a long time now and I think she is ready to come back with a bang and... and yeah, make a big splash in this story. Yeah, and kick some butts. And also find out about Billy's other little secret that he's keeping from her still, and that's about the fact that Todd has been um, involved in scamming gangsters. gangsters. Yeah. Why scam gangsters? What? And also, what scammery is he really? I mean, when I think of um, scamming people, I think of like that old trick where you. You know, give someone jewelry or something. Say, I need money, and I, you know, I can't. I got here's this worth five hundred pounds. Give me hundred pounds, and I'll let you have it. Or like, I can't literally think of any scams you can do. I think he's doing the whole um, three cups, and one of them's got fifty uh, p underneath. And he, he squeezes he, it. He, yeah, he's he's he most of them around. Which which one's the cup? Oh no, give me your money. Or maybe sort of he's thing. trained like some like a a gang of rats to like pickpocket people maybe he does the thing that Bill and Ted did to death and like says your shoe's untied and when they bend down he sneaks their him wallet a gives them a oh, wallet yeah. he sneaks the wallet yeah. out the back of their trousers and then and legs it away. by the way Bill and Ted 3 was a load of rubbish we went to I go and see that last, last Sunday I was not happy with that at all I was I wasn't sorely disappointed very very disappointed by Bill and Ted 3 you're an idiot um, why do people say I'm mean to you oh Yes. Shall we move on from this story? So there wasn't a whole lot to say here, is it? It's the settings for this week. Droopy-eyed robot had another droopy eye again on Friday. I was so pleased that it had been fixed recently. Yeah. What's going on? What's I going think... On? Also, I like that Lenny noticed the robot, didn't he? He kind of pointed it out. I think there's some kind of... He's got a degenerative robotic illness, so you can only really fix the symptoms, but it'll always come back. I think he's got a screw loose. <laughs> Michael and Grace story, Gem. Here we go. That right. infamous factory scene on Wednesday. Okay. What was going on there? What was the name of the client? I don't Tim know. Tim Reed, Bob Franks. I thought it was... Billy Bob. 
I don't. Jonathan... I, I didn't write it down. Doesn't matter. Some hunky client has come into comes in into and... the factory, and Toya is all a flutter about him, and so is Michael for reasons. I honestly didn't pick up on that. Oh, that's what I thought. I thought they were just trying to desperately keep him from leaving, but they had no, like, they don't really know what they even do, and neither does anybody else, and so they can't talk about their jobs. So anyway, this client comes in, and he and Sarah's supposed to be there, but she's stuck on the ring road, and so they try to delay him by by sort of talking to him about what the factory does, and eventually it d- dissolves into... Um, Toya telling him they've got soft closed toilet lids and Michael demonstrating how the blinds work. And he's like, um, you guys are stupid. I'm leaving. You've wasted my time. And on the way out, oh, Carla comes in and she's like, why the hell did you... What the, What were you doing with this guy? Why can't you just like reschedule like I did? And yeah, Grace, she's bumped into him on the way out. Yeah, she's she? like, yeah, come back another time. And he's not happy. Yeah, and Grace says, um, excuse me, actually, I think you'll find that... Um, the only reason that you managed to reschedule was because Michael helped by delaying him long enough so that he would leave at the same time you arrived. So he did you a favour, actually. And Carl's like, uh, okay, thanks, Michael. And then walks off. And Grace, so Grace is sticking up for him. Yeah, and Michael thinks that he's going to get a bonus out of this. I don't understand why he's getting a bonus. For what? For doing what? For... for keeping this guy on he thinks he's gonna he's the next person to save underworld from sure financial oh yeah disaster. apparently this is a very important client and if they don't get his business they're all gonna be out on their bums yes on friday grace and michael are in the bailey's house and he is bought a toolkit for tiana because she likes watching her granddad work i thought that was really cute mm. grace is grateful but she says stop spending your money on us and there's a lot of talk about bonuses and michael's buying things and providing for Grace and Tiana and Grace is kind of saying no no you shouldn't you shouldn't but also probably thinking this is great <laughs> then Tiana calls Michael daddy that was really from cute. upstairs of course of course he's like oh my god he, she called me daddy and runs upstairs and Grace is like holy snacks I can't deal I don't know if I can deal with this or not she should have seen it coming. I mean, she's been sniffing around Michael for best I'm part of a year the now. I'm going to ban the phrase sniffing around now. I'm surprised that it hasn't that she hasn't called him it for that, uh, you know, already. You can't sniff around your own daughter. No, she's sniffing around Michael. Stop saying sniffing around it. It gets on my nerves now. Sorry. So he he says, look, Grace, I understand if, you, if you're freaked out because I let you down in the past, but don't worry, I won't let you down again. Da, da, da. How's he going to let her down? Let's find out next week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I think about this. It's, it's like, fine. don't worry, I'm sure it's not going to come into it again for another you know, three months if the pace of this storyline really, is there anything to go by. It, there's something very, very endearing about a man who is very enthusiastic as a father. I think that's really cute. Especially when it's a little girl, because obviously there's a stereotype of like boys want boys and girls want girls, and so when a when a dad dotes on his daughter, I just think that's even more cute. 
I yeah, and I and him I, buying him a buying her a little toolkit as well. That was so cute. I like to see Michael get excited about things. Yeah, he Michael's is, he is, is very endearing. excitable and yeah, endearing chap. And charismatic, which is, which is why I didn't particularly have as big a problem as a lot of other viewers did with the factory stuff on Wednesday. Because actually, Michael's not had a whole lot to do. Toya's not had a whole lot to do, and when she is, she's just going, "Oh, isn't it sad? Ollie's about to die." <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed the fact that these two characters were able to have a bit of a light-hearted scene. I thought, it was, scene, I thought but, it was funny, genuine. I thought it was funny, especially when Toya was going, and me, and me. I, see, I didn't I like as that well. bit. I thought that was funny. I didn't like that didn't bit. You? I enjoy, I thought the bit with the soft-closed toilet seat and the look at our blinds was kind of funny. But when she was sitting there trying to take the credit, I thought that that was... Well, the whole, the whole thing was very um, out of character, shall we say. But I thought that particularly was like, no, Toya wouldn't be that bothered about it. She's supposed to be fairly level-headed, intelligent. I read that as like Toya going, so now even, now I've been laid so low that not only do I not do the job I'm trained for, and not only am I just a junior in the office, but I can't even get joint credit for something that I actually helped with. I don't, see, I don't think that Toya would really care about that. But yeah, maybe it is just because she finally found some sort of purpose rather than sitting tapping at a keyboard and the monitor might as well be all be off for as as much good as she does there the main problem was that she didn't get her almond milk and so she's ratty that's true yeah somebody's he was at the took the last around my milk i can't remember i don't know but kirk said how do you milk almonds (laughs) i don't know kirk here's an almond why don't you find the nipple (laughs) <laughs> That'll keep squeeze. him occupied for an afternoon, <laughs> won't it? Find the nipple on the almond. <laughs> That'd be a good hand by trick. Pin the, the nipple on the almond. Anyway, so, yeah, people have probably been wanting to know what we thought about this story, and actually, we we didn't think it was as bad as I was really surprised. I was surprised at the reaction. I thought people would be happy to see that Toya's been given something to do and that she was doing some you know some light-hearted stuff yeah me too but i can completely see how people watching it back i can see how people were annoyed no, and, I, and I do think it was not in character for toya at all i i i didn't i didn't feel it suited her but i i'm, I'm, I'm always happy i to. ain't on the script team you are not um what i did have a problem with however was the um blooming awful flower story between Brian, Mary and Kathy on Wednesday. And before we get to that bit, I just wanted to mention that we did get a little brief appearance from Undertaker George on Monday, who comes into the factory and seems to be wooing Mary in the form of a um, beautiful verse on a flower card. That's just, you know, put on hold for a little bit, just to remind us who he is. The, the main meat of this is Wednesday, where Tyrone has found himself some lovely blue flowers out on the red wreck. Brian thinks it's dog rose. Kathy thinks I it's think corn flower. I think Brian's on crack. Brian, it, yeah, like you said earlier in the podcast, it clearly, clearly isn't dog rose. I don't know what either of them look like. No, actually, I know that cornflower is blue because I used to have a Crayola wax crayon that was cornflower colour. They do look but, more like cornflowers and they look like dog roses, but don't cornflowers can... have that very distinctive, like, very like wispy branchy foliage like the leaf part around the exterior and some kind of what's the middle bit the stamen is like 
quite I don't know. structural. Maybe they're different up in Weatherfield. Maybe when you make a fake flower, you don't give a crap whether it looks particularly like a cornflower, a chrysanthemum or a dog rose. So anyway, you know how when most normal people see something and they want to know what it is, they just do a quick Vogel image search and then it tells them. No, no, no. Can I just say something? Most people will look at flowers and go, they're pretty. I wonder what kind of flowers they are. Actually, I don't care. I'm going to move on with my life. People don't really care what flowers are. Well, do if, they? if they'd wanted to solve this very quickly, they could have just done a quick search online. But instead, it turns into some weird debate and between the Brian fact that, right, the and The fact Kathy that Brian goes Mary. to the point at which he takes a photo of the flower to show... I know, Kathy. he takes a photo on his phone. And he doesn't go... I'm just going to... What I would do, if I was Brian, is I wouldn't take a photo of the flowers. I'd Google dog rose and go, here's a picture of a dog rose. Don't they look the same? Oh, yeah, actually, no, they this don't. This is pink. Also, they don't look remotely similar because dog roses have got, like, big floppy petals and a massive centre part. He goes over to local florist Mary, expert on all things floral. Can I just point out, I sat there last night and I did actually pause this... And I did Google image search, chrysanthemums, dog roses and cornflowers. And I also Google searched artificial versions of all of those in blue. And I'm telling you... That's good research. ...that I think they're fake chrysanthemums. We did also find out that um, dog roses can grow in September, didn't we? Like I June, was like, June to I September. thought cornflowers are spring flowers, but they're not. Mm. Anyway, anyway. Because I'm stupid. Mary says... And I'm mean. Mary says it's a cornflower. He's like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't she know what you're... She gets all offended. So she bars him from the from Forest. the flower shop. Then she goes around the cabin later, finds herself barred, and there's a silly picture of her. I thought this her. was... I, I, thought, I love I, that. I thought it was kind of fun. It was it stupid made me and laugh. ridiculous, but it did. It gave me a little chuckle to see Brian's picture of Mary on the wall. <laughs> anyway, he's barred, she's barred. <laughs> So Mary then has to ask Tyrone to go and get Tracy's magazines from the cabin for her. So Brian immediately clocks what he's doing. It's like, these are for these are for Tracy. You're barred too. Why it's was Tracy barred? Tracy's not barred. Well, they were Tracy's magazines. Tracy's stuck at the no, hospital, but Yeah, yeah no, but I'm moment. telling you, Mary went to go and get Tracy's magazines, yeah? Yeah. And so Tyrone was then sent... But she, he was doing it for Tracy, even though Mary sent him. So why was Brian? Why was Brian so determined that because Mary wouldn't agree that a well, dog, a chrysanthemum is a dog rose, Tracy that is Tracy the, should not be allowed to have her interior decorating floral wedding? Tracy magazines. is the owner of the establishment from which Brian is currently barred, so she's guilty by I'm association. I'm also really surprised that Mary is so snowed under with orders that she's. She's so busy that she needs Brian Lake to help her, considering the fact that people are cancelling weddings left, right and centre because you can't even have more than 15 people attend anymore. Anyway, like you said, it all ends up... They, they just end up making up in the end, don't they? Kathy says, Brian, stop being such a pompous ass, go and make up with Mary. So he does. And, and then Mary says, oh, can you come and help me because I'm snowed under here? If there was a person who all day long had had a feud with me about mistakenly arguing with me about what kind of a flower I I clearly said was a certain type of flower and it clearly isn't the flower they said it was, I wouldn't then hire them to do the job of anything to do with flowers. Mary is much more forgiving than you. I'm not. 
I'm not forgiving at all. I'm still mad about an argument I had with my friend when we went camping when he would not listen to me when I told him that people do not have a natural 24-hour sleep cycle because they do experiments with people and they sent them to caves and people's sleep cycles are much longer than 24 hours. We don't all hold grudges like you, Gemma. Mary was just just pleased for the help in the end. I've got lists. This this was stupid. <clears throat> this I but thought it, this it was didn't fine. surprise. I, I did. I didn't enjoy this. I, I, a lot of people online absolutely hated it, and so Corey's gone down the pan with this. But for me, it was par for the course. Brian, Kathy, Mary, silliness that I've almost grown accustomed to silly uh, attempts at humour that just fall flat oh, every I, single time. I I don't get why people particularly pick this one out as something great. Both both Brian and Mary were just so completely ridiculously over the top. If it by had the been no, I know, but if it had been, if they had actually picked two flowers that look very similar, that the flowers could have been, I I would have been able to get into this a bit more. But I think it's because maybe most people aren't petty and argumentative like me, no. because I can totally see myself getting into the state at which I would be. It's clearly this and not that, especially when Brian's going, it's a dog race, it's a dog race. It's not, it can't possibly be a dog race. I just, I don't know whether it's the way that Peter Gunn portrays it, but he just, he comes across as really, really unlikably, annoyingly, pompously aloof. And I can imagine someone like Derek back in the day (laughs) being in that same position, but I don't think he'd be annoying. Can you imagine Derek and Norris having this argument? Because I can. I totally can. But it just doesn't work with Brian for me. I don't it, mind him at all. I think I think it. They're he both. He really rubs me up the wrong way sometimes, and I'm gutted Brian's, because I used to love, love, love Brian. It's in logical his first because Corey. Brian is a pompous ass, and he was wrong. I'm gonna give Mary the benefit of the doubt and say perhaps in the props department these fake flowers were listed as cornflowers. I don't know why they had these fake, stupid, fake flowers that were clearly artificial. You've really got your bit in your bonnet about that. I am really mad about it. Because it, it it's one of these things where I think that they think, oh, people won't know. People don't know what flowers are. It, I, I didn't notice. I was too busy looking at Kevin's plastic apple. That's the end of that. So, what did you... Anyway, what I was saying. Oh, so, 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 Brian, we know Brian is a pompous ass. He yes. won't back down even when he's wrong. But Mary was right. So, when you're in an argument with somebody... And they are adamant that they're right, but you know that you are. You do get you do get drawn into a, an argument, and you will keep going and going and going. Because I wouldn't back down if I knew I was right about what kind of flower it was, especially if I was a florist. He's just not very good at arguing. I think I think you'd probably you'd hold the argument better. You, I don't think you'd come across quite so stupid as he did. That's oh, all. That. Thanks. Both, both, thanks both. for liking. Thanks for likening me to Brian, the one who was wrong. Both Brian and Mary came... They just was so ridiculously over the top Well, those it. are two different opinions, aren't they? Yes. So, <laughs> what did you think <laughs> this of is this the week's Corrie Gemma? You can have opinions about things, which are, which are things you... Like, this is subjective, right? You can have your opinion yes. about whether you thought it was good or bad. And you can't really have an argument with somebody about it because your opinion is your own and, and that's fine. What you thought was fine. But objective reality and truth and facts, I can definitely have an argument with somebody about that because it is a bloody... It's not a dog rose. I could have an argument with somebody about facts all day long. 
You just show him a picture of dog growth. I'll just throw my phone at him, at his face, with a dog Gemma, rose on it. what are you going to score this week's coronation speech, I don't know. I, I just want to apologise for this section, because I think I've done a really bad job today. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I feel as though I haven't been interesting or insightful or been able to articulate anything that I wanted to I say about this week. absolutely lovely and fine. We but all I know that you to... hate Nicky, you hate Daniel. Exactly. You hate I'm Kevin, sorry, I don't... Peter I don't... and Abby. You, you hate... Um, who else do you hate? And that's probably about all you hate. Sorry. It's all right, it's fine. I I didn't think that this week's curry was as bad as other people made out. I thought that the Prozzy Osborne story, like <laughs> I said, has got some merits to it. Jeff being brought into it certainly gave it an uplift that it needed. Um, yeah, I really wasn't keen on the Abby and Kevin stuff, and that did take up a, quite a large chunk of the week. I mean, the, the other stories are fine. The, 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 the Ollie story, the Todd story, the Michael story... It was fine. We just didn't get very much of them. It it really was a a two story week with a with a lot of hangers on. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh. I'm gonna go two and a half eternal tampons out of five. Are you gonna explain what that means? Not Jenny Bradley once borrowed a tampon from somebody out of eternal. Say no more. Yeah, it's not. You can't have a tampon no, eternally. You get toxic sock, sock syndrome if you try that. I'm gonna give it two and a half tainted salty buns. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know who to give the character of the week to. Yeah. Um, no Maybe. One, I mean. No. At some point, <laughs> I, at one point, I would say Debbie could have been in with a shot because she was she was trying to do. Right, right by her brother, yeah. and she was also gave Abby the benefit of the doubt, didn't she? I think she's been really quite decent to both both Abby and Kevin. Mm. She and, just and she, she also, just got the wrong end of the stick. Uh, which she got the wrong end of the does. stick, but in a very believable way, which doesn't always happen to characters in Coronation Street. Quite often, when they get the wrong, when they make the wrong decision about something, it's in a really comically stupid way. That's yeah. very easy to avoid, but you can totally see how realistically she would have put two and two together and got five in that situation. So, yeah, I think I'm going to pick Debbie as my character Blimey. of the week. Also, I really love her style. I, I, I just, I'm distracted by her earrings. I think she's, because she spent all that time in Southampton, she's very sophisticated now. <laughs> I don't know who to give it to. There's, there's nobody that's jumping out to me. Um, maybe it, because of the, of the main players, Nikki, Daniel... Anyone in the Abbey story? I'm thinking no. So, so do I? Do I give it to one of the bit parts of the week? You don't usually get the character of the week. I like Michael. Do I give it to Michael? I like Tyrone. He was involved in a variety of stories, but didn't have a whole lot to do. And and yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> really not sure about this. And do oh, I give it to Emma for her sponsored silence? Come on, I have a day. I'm gonna. It's not very often that you're the one who can't decide. Is no, it? it's not. Um, it, uh, so I who's think, your choices? I I don't know. I I think I might go Michael. He had incredibly little to do this. Uh, week, you know what? Michael was my second choice. He he is entertaining to I me. Do love I think him. Michael is great. I think Ryan Russell does a fab job playing I really him. Want not given to be very much friend. to do, but I just find his enthusiasm and his zest for He's life He's got so infectious. much energy. Yeah, it's infectious energy. You can tell that he used to be a kids TV presenter, the actor, can't you? But I thought the stuff, I thought the stuff with him in the factory was, it was fun, it was silly, but it looked like 
Georgia and Ryan had a fun day in the factory. And and his face when um, mm-hmm. Tiana called him Daniel, it was just... Daniel? <laughs> not Daniel, Daddy. Daddy hell. Um, I thought it was, it was a real picture. Uh, I yeah. loved it. He looks like he's just happy to be alive. Yeah. And I can't relate, but I really love that, that energy. Well, there we go. Debbie and Michael. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Who would have thought? Unusual choices. And also, it's honestly, been a bit of an unusual week. Sad to say, I think in five years' time, if Rebecca says, yeah, in that episode you gave Debbie and Michael characters of the week, we'll go, who are they again? I can't. <laughs> you might Sad be Sad to right. say, I really, but I hope I'm wrong because I really think Debbie and Michael could have a really good feature on the show if they get more storylines because I really like both of them. Mm. Okay, Especially let's, Michael. Let's move on. You've got a thing for Michaels, haven't you? Oh, I love them. Let's, I let's. like to collect them, put them on a shelf. <laughs> let's finish this my part favorite now one is Saint and Michael. move on to our next part. We have got a very quick cabin segment for you this week. Not a whole lot has been happening in the world of Coronation Street, but we do have some congratulations for parents-to-be again. Helen Flanagan and Scott Sinclair. It has been announced this week that she or they are expecting their third child due in March. And I'm happy for them, of course, but it does mean, you know what this means. (laughs) I'm just saying what I think. You can't have an opinion about other people's children. Everybody knows this. I'm really, of course, chuffed for them, but I just really, really, really want Rosie to come back to Coronation Street, and now it's not going to happen for even longer. I don't know she's going to come back now. I know, it felt... I mean, have I'm not waiting 18 years for Rosie to come back. Haven't they moved down from Scotland because Scott got transferred to a different football club or something like that, and I thought that it might be... People say Scott Sinclair is a footballer, and I have only second-hand knowledge to know that as a fact. This could all be a big, elaborate lie, as far as I'm concerned. Which footballers do you have first-hand knowledge that they're a fact? How many well, football games Well, I've seen footballers on to? television. Okay. Um, anyway. I don't even know what, what team does he... Well, he's, as I say, is it normal football? He's been transferred to a normal football team <gasps> down southerner you, than oh, Scotland. No, okay. Just to, can we just elaborate on that? You're not saying that Scottish teams aren't real? No, I don't, I don't I know. know. No, no, no. No. No, but the way you said that, normal football teams are Scottish and English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were making a joke about what I said about yes. normal football or American football. Yes. Just so in case anyone gets offended. Yes. But now <laughs> she's going to be a mum again and she has very much enjoyed being a mum to Matilda, I'm going to say, her latest Don't child. guess children's names. So I don't think we're going to be seeing Rosie making a comeback to Coronation Street Anytime soon. I was kind of hoping for a double whammy return for her and Brooke, but um Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Helen spoke to the mirror. I was just reading this and I can't help but read it in your Helen Flanagan Helen voice has spoken in my to head. The mirror about what it's gonna be like to be a parent again. <laughs> and I think that Helen Flanagan might be having a voice? bit of a I don't know, I think she might be also having a bit of a cold at the moment. Uh, yeah, probably. She's got a bit of a sniffle. So she's uh, it's been a lot it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. I've always said four but that'll probably be too much, so I'll say three. When you have two children, you just love them equally. I would love a girl or a boy. As long as they're healthy, you're just lucky to carry a baby, ain't you? So she's chuffed with the news. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Please come back to Curry when you're finally done having children. Next we, bit of We news. also think that three's a good number. Brilliant. Four's too many, you're right. I, I consider no children to also be a quite satisfactory number in my life. Oh. 
Faye Brooks, Gemma, is our yeah. one and only other piece of slightly Coronation Street related news this week because it turns out that she's going to be doing Dancing on Ice next year. I thought it was Dancing on Ice. Dancing on Ice. <laughs> Hot on the heels of Lisa George and Jane Danson yeah. and Anthony Cotton well done, and many other people. Coronation Street people. Faye Brooks is going to be donning her ice skates and skating along um, alongside the likes of Denise Van Alton and Jason Donovan. Wow. I've heard of them. I, 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 I'm not, I don't have much of an opinion on Jason Donovan, but I think Denise Van Alton is just smashing. Second best person to be on um, Celebrity Gogglebox. Was she not on um, Big Breakfast television that's, in She the was house. on the Big Breakfast when I was little, and that's why I like Denise Van Alton. But yeah, so um, good luck, Faye Brooks. And... Um, and that's all. That's all I've got to say. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying that I'm going to watch this. I think I need somebody who is currently in Coronation Street that I'm a fan of to be on the show for me to actually turn it on. Um, come January, but I don't think that they've revealed the full lineup yet. So there's still chance that's that that a current Corey. I don't person. think so. No, there could be. I mean, they had. Um, okay. Well, they had. They had. Was it Brooke on the same I year? I honestly don't care Anthony? about dancing on ice. No, I'm kind of secretly hoping there isn't going to be a Coronation Street person on it, so we don't have to I don't, tune in I'm and keep interested. track. If if it's just Faye, we're not going to be revealing her scores because she's left Coronation Street now. You can find out for yourself how she gets on. But if there's somebody else, I'm sure we'll include her scores. In this it is as well. like if they did a Coronation Street themed beer. Oh. Oh, but they I are mean, doing... That's cool. That's reminded me. You didn't even Third put this in the news. news. Third bit of news, Gemma. Go on, this is... Wow, everybody, guess what? What? The co-op are doing a special coronation chicken sandwich themed for Coronation Street. Yes, this is a slow news week, everybody. Very, very slow news week. But it's quite exciting. I was... I was yeah, we need to get ourselves one of I, these. Yeah, I, don't, I, know, but I don't know whether you'll like it, because normally, traditionally, coronation... Ch- chicken has raisins in it oh does it i don't yeah i don't really like current i don't like the idea of cold curry chicken in a sandwich i don't think i've ever had a coronation chicken sandwich in my life but you know if it's got coronation street on the box i might give it a bit of a, a nibble or a lick well i really like um i really like coronation chicken we used to have a, a co-op good... just around the corner from us but now it's a little morrison's so we're going to have to go further afield if we want to find one of these yeah <clears throat> Well, it's basically, it's just mayonnaise and chicken with a bit of curry powder in it. But yeah, it normally has like, sometimes it has flaked almonds if it's, um, it's going to be a bit fancy. And, you know, this was prepared for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II yes. in 1953. So it's, it's that's, why it's called, that's why it's called coronation chicken. Well, you, you said on Twitter we need to do a live taste test on the podcast one week. So maybe next week, eh? Maybe I don't think we can week. string this news out for any longer. Nothing's happened this week, basically, everybody. I think we need to get on to some feedback. Are you happy to move on to the feedback section? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> right, feedback. We, got, we had loads of feedback this week, didn't we? Yeah, we've got of loads and emails loads and messages and loads. voicemails and stuff. We even got a lovely. review. Oh yeah, <laughs> we talked about that earlier. Right, how, how, how did you how do you rate this week's podcast of the out of five, Gemma? Is this a three star podcast for you so far? Oh yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't think it's one of our you know five. It's very out of nice five to episodes. get three out of five. Somebody that really doesn't like the podcast. That, that, that was this, pretty good. Average score for last week's Coronation Street on the Facebook group was three point three nine out of five. So okay, people yeah. thought for last week. Shauna gave it three and a half dodgy German accents out of five. Don't know whether they were talking about Doctor Schmitz <gasps> or you. 
um, Chad, three off-screen jacks out of five. And Fiona um, gave it three people who look like bundles of washing, even when they are dressed head to toe in Versace, out of five. Who's that? Who's dressed in Versace? Oh, I don't know, actually. I just I like the sound of it. Maybe. Anyway, we have, as I said, we got, we got a voicemail this week. We got a voicemail from our, our Las Vegan listener, Joseph. Yeah, who's so got some thoughts to share on last week's Coronation Street. Take it away, Joseph. Hi, Michael and Gemma. Um, it's me, Joseph. Just wanted to send a quick voicemail on last week's Coronation Street. Um, I really felt for Leanne and Ollie's storyline. Like, I guess being in this profession for a good four years, it, I have become desensitized. But seeing in the parents' point of view and her wanting to, you know, to have some sort of hope and in every way possible to find a cure, um, you know, what that's what what every parent should want. But of course, you also have to think, will it be best for Ali if, you know, things were not to go well and even though you wanted this new cure to work, but it would make if it would make Ali suffer, then you know, stuff like that. Um, I just want to comment too on someone I forgot who made the post, but someone was made a post on our group page about um, all the characters. Whenever they talk to one another, they remove the mask and put it under the chin, <laughs> um, and that how is that is that even in real life? I can rest assured there are some nurses that I have come across that do just tuck their mask underneath their chin, even though they shouldn't. For me, at least I put it unfortunately we have paper bags that we put our mask in so i don't know what's worse put it on your chin or put in an open air brown paper bag um just wanted to send in some quick uh thoughts been really enjoying uh coronation street i don't know about this week's so we'll see but there's too much nikki and daniel for now but whatever um can we to the podcast oh yeah you guys should go on supermarket sweep Okay, y'all. Bye. Thanks, Joseph. Thank you very much. Should we much. be on Supermarket Sweep? Oh, yeah. They haven't been they, asked. They got, we haven't. We'll they, be on a celebrity version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're waiting. They, there's a new series of that out at the moment. Is still there? got Yeah, they've still got Jenny. Jenny McAlpine doing oh. the, um, the tannoy. I think I wouldn't be very good. You you love shopping. I, I'm not really I, about shopping, though, is it? I think that the trolley, doing the trolley dash does look amazing, but I don't think oh, yeah. I'd be... I don't think I would come across very well on TV. No. I think I'd come across as I'm being deeply unlikable and you're and too much of nervous. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, and, yeah, thank you also for all your other comments about... Yeah, I agree with you about Nikki and Daniel. Too much this week, you yeah. say. And also the, the face mask thing, very, very interesting. Mm. We're all, I think, getting a bit blasé about our face masks, aren't we? Yeah, we're wearing more face masks at school this week. Starting this week, we have to wear them when the parents drop the children off at the gate. Well, I don't wear them at all. I don't care, because I don't yeah, leave the house. You don't leave the house. You're still in lockdown, aren't you? Mm. We've had um, some feedback on last week's middle section, which was our 1980s rewatch, the early half of the 1980s. And we've we've made a bit of progress since then, but not a whole lot. We're still going through 1985 at the moment, aren't we? Which doesn't seem Look, to be turning into a vintage We yeah. are watching 1985. Like, we haven't watched the past, how many, what is it? For 35 yeah. years? Or yeah, 30 years? 25 years. I can't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who anyone is. Loads of random characters have appeared. We just had the Claytons appear, the haven't of we? Stories, including I don't Jane know what's Hazelgrove. Going on. 
Yeah. I, it's, it's like I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, it's not great in 1985. I'm not enjoying it. Anyway, Derek, who is a 70s street fan on Twitter, had this to say about last week's middle bit. see why he's not a 1985 bit. street fan. I enjoyed listening to your review of the 1984 to 1980-1984 episodes on your latest podcast, says Derek. For me, this period is virtually on par with the preceding 1976-1979 one. Although we lose characters like Ina, Susie and Rini, and a couple of other actors' health is starting to fail, the quality remained consistently high. I agree with Michael that 1983 in particular is a strong year despite the fact that we do start to lose many significant characters here and during 1984. I also thought that 1980 was especially good. Mm. I was glad to hear Gemma has become a fan of Fred G. <laughs> Although not often very likeable as a person, I think <laughs> no, he, he was brilliantly written and acted and his relationships with other characters, particularly Bet and Annie, were the source of so many laughs. Yes. That whole lineup of Rover staff including Betty and Hilda was surely one of the reasons why this period is so fondly remembered. Yes. The dynamics between all five a constant joy to watch you mentioned Billy Walker not being especially likeable during this period too as far as I know his initial appearances on his return were actually an episode written with Fred in charge of the Rovers and being totally objectionable but when actor Fred Feast became ill they drafted in Ken Farrington to play these scenes as Billy who'd have thought like scenes written for one person acted out by somebody else and they just went ahead with it and it didn't work so that so that he was actually playing so I'll say that again he was actually playing scenes written for Fred as Billy. Hence, his character was established as being a lot more unlikable than he'd been during the 1970s. And once set up in this manner, it pretty much continued for the rest of his run to the detriment of the character. Sorry. Well, I, I still say that I didn't really enjoy Billy Walker in Before any of his preceding anyway. times on Coronation. He never gelled with me at all. And when he came back as a bit of an ass. I I, I enjoyed like, yeah. that more. Like, yeah, he is he like is an that. Ass. I'm glad that he's gone out on a low because an <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't want for him to come in and everybody think he was great when I was like no he's not he's not because once I've well made done. my decision, like, decision up you about don't never somebody, change your mind do you ever um, Derek says he was also pleased to hear you sing the praises of Sharon Gaskill during this period that was me a terrific performance from Tracy Bennett there as you mentioned she did return in 1999 but in my opinion the character was not written at all like she had been in the 1980s I can't remember now I, I just remember her like I said, being on the Granada Plus repeats around the same time that Tracy Bennett made her return as Sharon Gaskell in 1999. And I just thought it was funny that we were seeing the two stages of the actress. But I mean, people change, don't they, in 15 years? We'll, we'll see when she comes back what you think about that, Gemma. Um, continuing from Derek, he says, I have to admit I've been somewhat disappointed with the scores you've given both Mavis and Ivy in the Coropedia survey recently. So it was nice to hear Gemma say that she'd enjoyed both characters during this particular era. I yeah, can't you... remember, because those scores, we never actually submitted the scores that we did on the video, did we? No. Um, I, I think when I did it for the second time, for the proper time, I actually gave them higher marks than in the video because I'd watched more of them. Yeah, you'd hardly seen any of Mavis yeah. and Ivy when you I really, when we really did the liked video, Mavis. did you? Yeah, she's great, isn't she? Yeah, we, the um, the Coropedia has still been revealing their scores yes. over the week, haven't they? I I, I've been half keeping track of it, not as much as I I should be or would like to be, but um, I know that both Jenny and Phelan have appeared in oh. between fifty and sixty, oh. and, and Abby as well. I think there's some there's some good characters there, but yeah, top fifty coming out um 
Soon. Soon now, probably. Um, I'm inclined to agree, Derek says, with your opinions that Jack and Vera weren't always very nice people at this point, but I do think they did become too sentiment sentimentalised in their later years of the programme and actually found them a lot more entertaining to watch in those early years. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah, because we, I suppose we were more used to seeing them, so especially you, growing up seeing them as the sentimentalised version, so the, the harder original versions... Very and alien what's foreign to, me, honestly, to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was also happy to hear you both voice your appreciation of Len. I think for various reasons. Mm. He's now a relatively forgotten figure in Corrie history, but he was probably the most important male character for most of the first 20-odd years and as popular in his day as the all-time great female characters. That makes a very excellent point, actually, there, about the sort of the fact that for various reasons, social, cultural, whatever the female characters are far more famous than the male characters. Mm. Mm. Probably um, because they're easier to do sexy posters of... It's probably... It's easier to do a sexy picture of Elsie Tanner than it's just Lenny. Yeah, I, I still think, honestly, that Elsie Tanner has also been kind of forgotten by the public at large. If you were to pick, you know, random in the street and say, tell me someone who was in early Coronation Street, I would say that names like Hilda and Ina and Annie Walker would come think? to mind first. I yeah. don't know. I we do. need to and, kidnap some people. Oh, and that's why like, when we did the Annie, uh, the uh, Elsie Tanner character profile, we were like, we literally don't know very much about her, if, if anything. But even I think that's before really we sad. profiled those other characters I mentioned, we, we had a bit more of an idea about what they were like. Yeah. It's tragic. I know, I just, like, oh, being forgotten is the scariest thing I can imagine. Well, you we'll have never, many, many hours committed forget. to the airwaves with the podcast. Have I done more? Have I have I spoken more in a public recorded manner than Pat Phoenix has yet? I don't know. It's gonna, <laughs> it could be close. You don't forget that none of this is going. None of this is being submitted to the British Library. So once once it's once it's gone, it's gone forever, and nobody's putting me on a postage stamp. Derek says, 1984 was the end of an era with the departures of so many of the truly iconic characters. I'm not quite as keen on the next period, but having watched the repeats on ITV3 over the last few years, I still think the programme did maintain most of the qualities that made it so unique up until the mid to late 90s. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on 1985 to 1989 when that comes round. Thanks again for continuing with this project, as it makes for a very enjoyable listen. Good, I'm glad that people are still enjoying it. Yes, it's you just heard, a very enjoyable just heard watch. our thoughts on 1985. I think one of First the problems is that we're not watching as much on YouTube. No, we're, no, we're not this year, but we have been given some other ones from 86 onwards from Coropedia. Okay. Good, good. Speaking of Coropedia, David also um, messaged us to say what he thought of our of our bonus podcast last week, so I'll hand it over to you to read that out. Listen to your 1980-1984 podcast with relish, another stonkingly brilliant effort. Glad to hear you both react so positively to the episodes, and I'm with you about 1983 being a vintage year for Cory. I especially appreciated Gemma's spiel about the Ken Deirdre Mike storyline being a story of the age. To me, it works so well because it's entirely about the Barlow's marriage and Deirdre's dilemma over who she wants to be with, not just cheap sex like so many storylines that try to imitate it. Mm. Very good, yes, that's exactly right. And this is why a lot of them, a lot of the ones now just don't. Well, yeah, I mean, hit like, hard, thinking about the Abby Peter Kevin storyline, it's just a bit like there, there, there seems to be no 
yeah. deep emotional has Abby, connection has between anyone in the no. story, between Abby and Kevin, between Abby and Peter, between... Oh, I don't know. Anyway, um, David says, the early 80s are my favourite period of Corrie. It falls between two stools where it's neither classic nor modern enough for my tastes. Like the later seasons of a long-running sitcom, the quality of writing is as good as it ever was, but beside the love triangle, there isn't much that feels new, challenging or innovative. Where it really falls down is the succession planning Questions like who should succeed Annie Walker and how to make Hilda work without Stan are important and should have been discussed at some level or at least thought about. Instead, the producers seem to act on the assumption that the elder members of the cast would go on forever. Losing Ina in 1980 should have been a wake-up call. Then maybe disasters like Billy running the Rovers could have been avoided. And how incredible is it that nobody at the top thought of giving Bet the pub in the first place? Mm. Sorry if I missed you mention it, but Stan's funeral also marks the final appearance of Fred G. Not that you'd know it from watching the episode. Bill Podmore explains in his memoirs why Fred didn't get an exit. There was a rather acrimonious meeting between Podmore and Fred Feast to discuss the renewal of his contract. Feast very ungraciously told the producer that he wouldn't sign another contract or extend his current one, even though scripts up to the last contracted appearance were already written. He just wanted out. So Fred vanished after this episode and was never mentioned again until 1999 when Eunice came back. He was later quoted in the press that he didn't want to become another Coronation Street cabbage, in quotes. Charming. Still love his character, though. <laughs> anyway, brilliant listen, and I hope the wait for 1985 to 1989 isn't quite so long. Oh, what a fantastic little little story. I yeah, didn't nice know that at all. Yeah, behind-the-scenes goss there. It did seem very, very abrupt, Fred leaving, didn't it? This is, this is often the thing. When a character just seems to get dumped, I often think, oh, I wonder what happened there. I wonder what was seen. Yeah. Because very often you will find out something happened between the, the actor and everybody else. Like, what, why Len got... Mm. Uh, killed off so doesn't that raise a few questions about what goes on behind the scenes in current days it it does like there's there's Mm. never really any hint of anything like that no they're very tight-lipped honestly the actors and the higher-ups but it does make you wonder the curry cast are very very discreet aren't they they're very good at making it seem like everyone's all like happy family i bet there's some secrets bet there is well, everybody that we speak to seems to be really nice about everybody else, and they all seem very genuine. So we don't know any good gossip, do we? Not that we can repeat. We need on to. Air. We need to get somebody who's good we at gossiping. What? You know, we know a bit. Let's move on with our next email from Nicole, who says, Here in Canada, they just showed the laptop reveal and Tim's reaction. As I was watching it, I couldn't help but wonder what you would both say on the podcast about it. Especially you, Gemma. Why don't you care what? Gemma's opinions are often more exciting than mine. Does his reaction redeem him somewhat in your eyes? Tim, Gemma? What happened? Tim finds Jeff's laptop and goes, Tim, I disown you. You're no longer my father. You said no, you still hate Tim. Oh, yeah, I hate Tim. I have to say, I was really satisfied by his reaction and Joe's acting was amazing. Yeah, that bit where he shouts at Tim in the kitchen, uh, Jeff in the kitchen was great. I could totally feel his shock, his hurt, his sense of betrayal and his repugnance towards Jeff. Oh, good and he didn't back down when Jeff tried to talk him round with his excuses. Yeah. I was a little surprised that Jeff continued to proclaim his innocence, though. Is he so deluded or is he just giving it a last ditch effort? I'm not convinced, though, that Tim might not waver a bit and side with Jeff again if Jeff can somehow twist his way out of this. Speaking of Jeff, did we ever did we talk earlier about what we thought that Jeff might have been doing with the money? We said that it couldn't have been for Nicky because there was so much there. But do we have any theories about why he why did have, have a five thousand pounds in, in an envelope? 
I really don't know unless it's... I'm only thinking because for, you know, for general plot reasons that it could be something to do with Ray and I don't know what, but there's no reason to suspect that that's what it is yet. I really, really want it to be something related to the, to the escorts. It would make sense if it was. It's an incredible amount of money for it to be for an escort unless he's paying for like a week away. Oh yeah, he might be doing a thing. Or, or yeah, paying up front. Or maybe, maybe he's, every time, like the last few times, he's like, just put it on the slate, love. He's and now she's like now to, she's redrawing yeah. favors unless he unless he pays up. I don't know. Um, Nicole continues now. Having said that, I'm satisfied with Tim's reaction and Jeff being revealed as the bully slash abuser that he is. I'm worried though that the story has been shifted away from Yasmin's recovery from the abuse and her bringing Jeff down. I really hope this hasn't been dropped. I think Corey owes all the women who suffered or are still suffering under a coercive controller and an ending where it is the women. Yasmin, Alia, Faye, Elaine and Sally, who bring him down and cause him to rethink his behaviour, not his son. I'm actually leaning towards a massive revenge, but I will try to be the bigger person and curb that desire. We'll see where Corrie takes this. You're absolutely right. I definitely think that. And it would definitely... The thing is, Coronation Street is definitely in danger of, of just making a cast of white knights who ride in and save all the women from all their problems. If Tim was to be the one who had anything to do with um with his Jeff's downfall. Yeah. I mean even even um Imran and I don't know who else. Is there another guy involved? I don't know. It has to uh, it has Adam? to be has to be Yasmin. Yeah. It, even it does. even Alia Faye um and Sally, I I would prefer it to be Yasmin and Elaine. The fact the fact that Tim has victims. come over onto that side is satisfying enough. I don't need to him to go any further and I do yeah. think that Yasmin has seriously been not in this enough i don't know what she would have done being in prison and away from everyone but she's been very much sidelined for a, a few months on it now <clears throat> it is really unfortunate. unfortunate i don't know why they did this why they put why they added this to well us. That, uh, it, it, which bit of it the bit about her uh, glassing him and ending up in prison drama because the thing is she's not now going to get back with him is she so no, but there was always the possibility because she was even when she was in prison, even if it all happened, she was still saying, "Oh yeah, but it's my fault." And yeah, I know that's what. But what I'm saying is now she's not going to get back with him again. So, no. so the point. What I'm saying is just leading up to a trial, and then that's it. And then, and then you know, either Jeff goes down or he doesn't go down, and then something else happens. But. But no matter what, I feel as though Jeff and Yasmin's relationship is completely over now, and she's never going to go back to him. But I'm kind of like going off from what Nicole is saying and agreeing and and going a bit further and saying that I would really have liked to have seen her escape from the relationship. Mm. She hasn't really, has she? She got taken away from the situation and slowly began to realise... Yeah, yeah, I know, I get get it. ...after being separated physically, he could no longer control her. And I really would have liked, it, it would have felt a bit more empowering if she had been able to... Walk away herself. But, again, it's a very difficult thing to do and it would have been a bit unrealistic if she had walked away and it had just, you know, the mm. first time she walked off, it worked instantly. And yeah, yeah. Um, Nicola continues, so Nicole. Canada... Nicole, sorry, has continued, said, so can... So Canada... Can't speak, so... 
Canada yeah. has unceremoniously restarted six episodes a week, which is exciting. From what I can figure, the alignment with the UK schedule puts the end of your week between the two double episodes two weeks later in Canada, which is certainly better for me than between the double episode on Mondays, which is oh, what it was what before lockdown. This way I can listen to the podcast on the weekend, which is great. Well, that's good. Perfect. I finally caught up on all except all the extras. <laughs> you guys are working so hard on this. I can't keep up, but I love it. Yeah, I'm, that's the thing about the I'm extras. I'm glad that we've They're got evergreen. the extras. I'm glad we've separated them out so people can get to them. When yeah, don't do. forget them because there's some good stuff in there. But yeah, you can you can listen to them at your own pace. Mm-hmm. I no longer have anyone I can talk to about Corey oh. in person, says Nicole. It's that's sad. So you guys and all your listeners give me that connection. I even go to Twitter and scroll down to two-week-old <laughs> to see what you guys were talking about at the time and thank you again for being so diligent with being spoiler free well we're, we're not spoiler free on twitter so we you need to be before. careful if uh, we're not spoiler free on twitter we but don't we go are... oh go on go on interrupt me i again. was just gonna say we don't go hunting for spoilers and then just posting all about them on twitter but if spoilers are to present themselves to us in twitter we might we interact might with them. yeah if especially if it's something we almost big. never post about news but we will interact with other tweets anyway sorry we aren't spoiler free on twitter we are on a facebook group but only to the uk schedule yeah but if we were clever we would set up some kind of separate canadian account and like link it somehow in a timer delay but we ain't doing that because we're that not, sounds we like ain't too got much, enough time too much work maybe when we get enough patreon money to both quit our jobs we can do that how oh, about yeah, that that's yeah, a good yeah. go isn't deal, it deal deal yeah no for the, for the twitter because obviously there's every every monday night tuesday morning twitter is flooded with spoilers about the next week's coronation street and i will generally try and skim down all of those and not see what's going to happen but yeah if if you know there's a new actor coming in or or whatever or, or something huge that's completely unavoidable is a hot topic on twitter then we're not so um yeah we, we don't shy away from putting the odd comment here and there just a warning finally Gemma, richard richard says hope you're both well and huge thanks as always for all you do for us in producing the podcast each week there you go, Michael. Thank you. And I you always tried to... did the notes <clears throat> for the bonus podcast this week, everybody. Don't forget. Don't. It was great. I always tend to be more positive than most of my thoughts about the show anyway. But this week, I really felt like it got its mojo back. That's interesting because everybody else that we saw was really down on this week. Well, lots of other people were really down on it. So it's nice, right, nice listen, that Richard enjoyed it. Richard says, I love the humour which Corey was built on and which, when the show is on form, it does so well. The camper, more OTT stuff demonstrated by the likes of Merritt and Brian is sometimes a bit too much for me, although I enjoyed that interchange this week. But the subtler nuances always seem to hit the mark. So I love Toya's and new comments and Tracy asking Jenny if she had been a dinner lady at school to was dis- that supposed to be Anne new or is that when I thought was it was supposed to be Anne me? me yeah um, and Tracy asking Jenny if she had been a dinner lady at school to disassociate the possibility of them having been pupils there around the oh, same time I thought time. that was funny Very that was funny. a good line I'd forgotten that one bringing in the big 6-0 back on form guys oh that's good that's positive I'm glad that I'm not the only person who thought that some of the fu- the comedy bits were funny and also I'm really glad you said that about Toya Yes. I thought that bit was funny. I, I didn't enjoy that bit. But I, you've said this already. You don't need to say it again. Sorry. I right. <laughs> Anything else, Gemma? Sorry for being mean to you. Are you going to read this one? No. I, we, I, I'm tired now. Okay, let me read it And we've had lots of other feedback. 
Are you going to read this one? Right, Fangirl Overload 123 says, I could have predicted that Kevin, Abby, Peter, Carla, Love Square would have gone this way, but does Kevin really have the right to judge? After all, he was the one who slept with his best friend's wife. Daniel messes with the wrong person there, and I think Nikki will be back. I don't think the German specialist will be able to help Ollie and Leanne and Steve will get ripped off. The only reason Michael and Toya were able to talk to that guy for so long was because they didn't have anything else to do in Underworld. That's actually true. They Very didn't true. have any other jobs to do, did they? I think the Todd story is progressing at a decent rate, but I wouldn't mind it going faster. I also enjoyed the comedy stories this week. Kathy, Brian, Mary, Fizz and Tyrone were all very good. Daniel and Nikki weren't social distancing. I know it's just a TV programme, but it annoys me how Daniel and Nikki slept together. But Tyrone and Fizz had to sit apart on the wall. Oh yeah, that was a bit jarring, wasn't it? Tyrone and Fizz towards the end of the episode. That. Yeah, there was, a, there was a massive gap, gulf between them. Finally, how many times are the Websters going to shout upstairs to Jack? No, they started just talking to the other room to him now. Character of the week is Abby, and I give it two and a half. Subpar, baked goods out of five. Right, so Rebecca also wrote in she thought that Jane Danson was going, doing a good job. Um, what did she give this week? Three and a half, Barney the Rabbits. Um, uh, what, did she, what did Nancy give it? She, she really likes Daniel. She likes Daniel and Nikki. She thought that they were amusing. And she enjoyed your German impressions. Thank you. And also, she she mentioned that she likes seeing uh, the actor who plays George Shuttleworth because he's funny in Benidorm. So there you go. Um, three and, three and, and a half chewies out of five. And the character of the week is Leanne. With shout-outs to Nick and Toya. Thank you, everybody, for writing in. Sorry Thank that you. we've I'm really run out of steam. Sleep. I've totally run out of steam. I think we moment. might be coming down with a cold. I um, think we might be. We will see next week. It's just sad because... Next what? week is Gemma's birthday week. Oh, who cares about You that? didn't mention yourself on the birthdays no, at the beginning. I forgot. I always get depressed when it's my birthday. Why? Mm. Um, we've got emails. Next week. It's not no, my birthday. Friday. Friday is Gemma's birthday. We are going to record a podcast week. on my birthday, and I'm kind of bummed about that because it's kind of like work. Well, I hope that <sighs> it's a good week of Corrie and we'll be able to speak positively about everything that happens. I hope I'm in a good mood next week, but I might not be. Um, who can tell? You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Um, you can find us on conversationstreet.podbean.com. iTunes, we're on that. You can review us if you want Five to. Five stars only, please. Oh. Get that average back up. Um, I would prefer, if you don't like the show, I would prefer it not to be called out specifically <laughs> for being the worst bit of it. But that's just my personal preference. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram. There are lots of people's best bits I don't of care. it, you know. Michael, I'm not fishing for compliments. You can find us on Twitter at Conversation Strew. We're, we're on Spotify. We're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, which you don't really post on, but we do have a group, which you have to join separately. We what? got an email this week to say that we're also on Amazon Podcast or Amazon Music, something. You can listen to us now. I think can I might you? have accidentally signed up for it to put wow, us on there it. there you go. We're everywhere. Um, we are on YouTube and we put extra content on even old stuff. Yes, we put on a character profile of Sinead this week, didn't we? Which We've was, got a big bit at the end about all the stuff that Sinead got I think up to. I think it was like 50 minutes long, the the, the, the video slash no Chat. moving pictures. And half of it was taken from episode 187, maybe. And then the other half of it was brand new content, which was all up-to-date ramblings about Sinead leading up to her You should really death. put these on the feed. Oh, yeah, no, I probably should, really, but we, we, we've only got a certain amount of web space, we can't. Well, we have a Patreon now that we could use some of that money to have more web space. Michael's just rolling his eyes and looking really tired because I don't do any of this work. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, we're on I'm Patreon. Thank you so much for everybody who. Oh, we've got a new Patreon episode coming up. It's got to be this weekend because it's our um, it's our September episode of the Patreon, isn't it? And September oh, is running out soon. Sorry, I've had everyone. my notes for a week. I'm just waiting for Gemma to make her notes. What's it about? It's we're we're doing um we're going to do top five jobs that we would oh, like yes. to have if we lived in Weatherfield. Okay, I can do that. Next next month, I really want to do something spooky and Halloweeny because I am so excited. As soon as it's my birthday, it is Halloween for a month, and I've got a subscription to Shudder, and I'm just going to watch horror movies all month. Because I've nearly finished playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, such a good game. Such a good game. And my, my horse got shot. <laughs> Again. <sighs> anyway, that's the end of the show. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. And Thank a lovely you for week. listening. And Look we hope out for the that Patreon you enjoyed the actual show, Coronation Street, in the week. And we'll find out what we all thought of it on Friday. Goodbye. Gemma's birthday. Gemma's birthday. Send you don't wishes. Why, no, I don't want birthday wishes. I'm sick of it. Goodbye. Do it, she's just pretending. Goodbye. Do it, she's Goodbye. Happy birthday to Gemma for next week. The music from this podcast came from podcastings.com. True. Bye.